You're listening to Crafting Cannabis with your hosts, Early Bird Auto Grows, Blackwater Grows, and Rooter Allister. <laughs> Yo, all right. Hey, y'all, we have someone awesome here today. It's uh, Blue Ridge Grows. Blue Ridge Grows now. That's right. How's it going? Up to you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks awesome. so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. Been knowing you for a minute, dude. Been around. Yeah, we've been hanging out, I guess, <laughs> in the discords and the grams. Oh, yeah. 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 First I saw you was in Biff. Yeah. Long yeah. Been at least yeah, a year or two that's... ago. Two years ago? Like a good point to talk about. Yeah. The autoflower community seemed to like spontaneously come into existence and there's a several groups that like yourself in cultivation um that came into my awareness out of um i think probably the autoflower network with chad um mm-hmm. chad. and when he stopped doing his show i was like who else is doing anything autoflower related because for me that was my niche that i was able to consume and understand where the full photo period community as an as a new grower um i should rewind um you know i just started in december of 2020 um as a hobbyist uh, personal grower um and uh, autoflowers i just stumbled into by accident and yeah it, the community has felt actually attainable to understand whereas everything else was so wide so i think when chad's podcast closed down i was like well what else is within that smaller niche and that's when i found uh, i guess probably cultivation conversation and you guys and brothers and farms i found through um aqua valve uh, and tray feeding research on reddit um actually wow cool. that's cool, cool good cool. to know yeah. nice you know it seems like if COVID did anything it helped so many people start growing yeah mm. yeah i'm pretty sure that's all yeah. that's right, here right now we all started growing during the shutdown right i was gonna um much. i really want to give a neighbor of mine some some weed as a as a thank you and uh in, in prohibition it's kind of like i, I kind of want to make like a more of a nod without saying like here's some weed do you smoke um and uh, what keeps on rattling around in my head is uh you know some people learn how to bake bread uh this is what i learned to do in the pandemic <laughs> you know like still can't bake any bread but this turned out all right <laughs> hell yeah oh yeah that's cool Somebody's got to be pretty tight to not at least be like, hey, thanks. You know, yeah. if you offer him some weed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I was wondering from a listener's perspective, you guys all took a like an autoflower growing course from the big green guy or were somehow associated kind of with that. Is that yeah. where it all spun out of? We all used to watch, well, listen to the Autoflower show with okay. Jesse B and Firebuds, and uh, Green Guy was in there with us too. And if you if you were a Patreon, think think it was Patreon, wasn't it? Was it the Patreon? Yeah, it was Patreon. If you were a Patreon for yeah the the show, if you were a Patreon would... of the show, then you got into this like private Instagram chat, and uh, that's where we all all where we all met basically. It was, it was lit. We met Rudy, Rude Boy. Big green yeah, guy. Yeah, that's awesome. And that was like 2020, 2019. Yep. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. 
so something about that time yeah definitely with auto flowers i guess just kind of coming into being worth the damn and people noticing it yeah i guess i was just wondering why you guys like also ended up kind of uh, ass backwards into growing cannabis yeah. how i've referred to it lately <laughs> as i learn a little bit more about the photo period side of it and have to explain like why i am scared of transplanting uh <laughs> and and strange things like that that um some growers i'm learning from lately are like i don't know why you're doing it like that or like my 24 hour lighting and and just now figuring out that i need heat now that i'm doing 12 12. um mm -hmm. i guess i've just been trying to like surmise what happened where suddenly autoflowers got all of our attention where i didn't know any better um and i'll stop yapping in a second but for me my buddy had given me a really great bag of larry og and uh i was like i want to grow this this is this is the weed i want to grow it's larry og and when i googled it, it i just found the sherbensky larry og auto and i had no idea what i was looking at i didn't know what an autoflower versus photo period was i had grown veggies and you know i know like if i want tomatoes indeterminate versus determinate but really i didn't think of it like too deeply i was like this is the larry og that this must be it and then i kind of looked at into sherbensky but not like deep enough to understand that that was kind of a new thing he was playing with so i totally by accident um i ended up getting an auto flower and i ordered a mephisto walter white at the same time um from um supreme i think but yeah just accidentally more or less nice so i i guess in a, in a roundabout way that's a weird question of like why did you guys end up falling into the auto flower side of things because i know early bird you've been saying you've been drawn more towards the photo period and the fact that it's actually like a lot easier in some ways to kind of have control and not fuck up <laughs> yeah you got you got way more control with photos and you got time you know if you mess yeah, up you just let them let them go a little bit longer but right. the the autoflowers, the autoflowers, the I got I I owe it to Blackwater. I mean, he started before me. He's the whole reason I'm growing. You know, he's the one that piqued my interest in it. And sure. uh, at the time, he was already listening to the autoflower show. And you know, why did we just just kind of started with autos? I mean, I guess he can say why he started autos. Wow. Um, well, I guess it was the. Uh, they seemed less intimidating, uh, yeah. based on the Me light too. cycle. That was, I think that's really, that's really it because it's something about the lights that are terrifying to somebody who's not used to growing in general, you know, it's something about I those lights that. and then having to worry about timers and all that. That's like super, you know, it, it seems like a lot of work to, to the average person. But I think, I think, I don't know. I think it just something about it sounded easier because you didn't have to worry, you know, it was like a, and then, and then products like, um, it's automatic. Uh, shoot that uh, that compost uh, company, um, Nature's, Nature's Living, Living Soil. Soil. Companies like that were like right then. That was the perfect thing for new people. Like, and it still is. I mean, it's still a mm -hmm. solid thing. If you're trying to grow organic, five gallon bucket, you know, whatever, you know, get you some of that. Get you some happy frog. Boom, you got some awesome shit. And then if you start running out of newts, you just, you know, that 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 was a great time period for that i don't even know where i started going it's just that no that smacked me <laughs> I, no, I i was just saying because that's i think where yeah, my yeah. head was too and, yeah. and probably some of the marketing of the automatics yeah. Uh, yeah being easy 
Um, but now you, it's funny because like, and the light schedule too was intimidating to me of like, well, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, when I first started, I also heard so much about this the herming and like, oh, light leaking. Oh, light leaks. You know, like, yes. That was, yeah, that was gonna, a big fear Everything's going to die. You know, like, uh, yeah, I was that's so another scared thing. of just ruining, ruining it, you know? Um, but now I've really stunted some autos. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and I think I got lucky on my first like year or two and, and did pretty well. And recently trying to go organic. And then in the winter, I was, I threw too much at them and I was like, let's be creative. I'm totally confident with these things. And yeah, it was a disaster. Probably there were, there were photos I just wouldn't have flipped, you know, like, you just yeah, let yeah, it go. That did, that's healthy. the, that's that's the big benefit of the photos. It's like, oh shit, I fucked up. Let me, uh, yeah. let me, let me let them veg for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Like autos are great too. Like, because you can kind of take the blame off of yourself because you're like, just ride or die. Like, I don't know if she's <laughs> yeah. not doing well, but we only got 80 days and if she doesn't get her act together. That's on her. <laughs> you know, like where photos, they're like, they're going to wait until you, you know, get your act together and fix them. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm glad that I, so that I started sure, yeah, going I flowers because yeah. autoflowers are timid and you gotta you gotta they're finicky and you mm -hmm. gotta know what you're doing so yeah. learning how to properly grow an mm -hmm. autoflower is like huge you like know it, it helps you out in every aspect of growing yep After you you got like, that. Um, if you learning to play guitar um it's better to learn on an acoustic because it's harder and like it beats your fingers up more and it's it's harder to make sound good and you like but if you learn on electric you'll get spoiled and it's yeah. it's too easy yeah, exactly. if you learn on something exactly. hard you know and then go play electric you'll be a badass because <laughs> if I, if i would have started out growing photos and learned everything that i know now about photos and then i would have tried going to autos and I would have stunted that autoflower and I would have got pissed off and said, fuck autoflowers, they suck, you know, and never even given them a chance. But And the cycle continues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the gun world, we'd call that a FUD. What, what would we call that in the grow world? We need to come up with a name for that. I don't know. There's a name for that. That should be a name. We need to coin it. What's that? Well, think about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll think about that. But yeah, yeah, like you said. I, I, I love totally, photos, man. Yeah. Totally concur with what you're saying. I, my same experience as Blackwater said, I thought yeah. it seemed easier. Yeah. Uh, cause I started with a photo, like I've been around weed for a long time, but, and had been around growers like in my twenties, but I didn't really try myself until I think it was 2018 when I tried my first one and it was just a photo in the tent. Mm -hmm. It turned out horribly. Um, but then I was like, oh, there's these things, autoflowers and came across that all online was like weird decided to try it out um but now i think like what early bird said that i would recommend new growers start with autos even though they're finicky mm -hmm. and you oftentimes yeah. don't get the kind of yield that people think they're going to get um mm -hmm. because then when you move to photos you have much more you feel like totally opened up like holy cow i can do so much more with this yeah. yeah, it's like it's like cheat mode activated once you switch when, when you yeah, when you have really. it really is you, you 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 tackle autos and you got that shit down you just know you know how to treat the ladies and then mm -hmm. go to photo, dude you're you got it you're good like don't even stress it just you know 
Growing yeah. autos Pick teaches you how like to fine. stress a plant as little as yeah. possible. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Gotta be very delicate. Yeah. yeah. Like if you can and, grow a decent sized auto, you can grow a ginormous photo. You know what I mean? Like no sweat. Autos have really taught me to pay attention to leaf signs and yeah. uh, really understand what, what they are. Um, because autos, you had to catch it early enough to, to address it. That's where yeah photos you know you, you can you can take a little time to kind of pause yep. um, if you're still in veg but yeah like i think i'm just now understanding calcium um and some of that's you know learning a little bit more about organic growing but uh, yeah. the LED, leds have just been burning the shit out of my autos forever and it's failing because of the calcium and the calmag thing you know, has its, has its weight, you know, when, when I first had my problems and had no idea what I was doing and I was mainly on Reddit, uh, when I was learning <laughs> and I guess it started out. Okay. Um, it was mainly Mephisto, um, the, the methods Reddit and, uh, more CalMag, more CalMag. More yeah. CalMag. It was a lot of, a lot of CalMag, a lot of, you know, <laughs> CalMag from like people growing in cocoa, telling people in soil what to do. And then, uh, <laughs> eventually i just started adding a lot of calmag and eventually you know that it it wasn't that the all-in-one fix right that you can't just just add calmag and it'll fix those rust spots it's like no it's it's needing calcium specifically but it might be locked out right but all that stuff is it's been such an eye-opening um walk into that kind of experience i mean i definitely wasn't a a soil biologist hobbyist before I started growing. And now I'm geeking out over um, chemistry, soil biology, uh, these, the fact that it's such a new frontier, you know, it's really cool um, that we just don't know fucking anything about what's going on in our soil beneath us. You know, as far as like regenerative agriculture goes, that's something my wife and I are very uh, big into. Um, outside of our house uh you know and so bringing those two together has been really eye-opening and and understanding kind of uh the, how growing works how plants work you know beyond the basic assumptions that i think most of us had is that plants like nitrogen and they they update that through the ground because they like water and it sucks up like a straw and then they you know they spread that out to the leaves and the sun does some stuff you know, it's become a lot more complex and, but it's mm -hmm. been motivating to actually learn a lot of that because of how rewarding the plant is for, for so much of what we do. Right. So it's, it's cool to be, um, obsessed about something that that's giving back in such a cool way. It's cool to be obsessed with something so French, like autoflowers. I think that's probably what I'm really attracted to about it too. Cause they're the underdog that everyone's like, mm -hmm, don't do that. Those are stupid. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm gonna do that. Right, right. <laughs> Definitely gonna well, with that. The community of, of cannabis growers relative to the population of the country is still relatively small, you know. Right. So exactly. Like, yeah, like totally. Like you gotta know anything about growing to think autoflowers are interesting in the first place. I've you know, I've definitely have tried talking to some of my non grower friends about it and they just kinda blank stare <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> might as well talk to the wall mm -hmm. sure <laughs> you know it's funny that you brought up the calcium deficiency have you uh 
have you been able to address, like fix that to not get the calcium deficiency anymore or, or are you still struggling with it um well i i'm also um i just started the full organics alive lineup but i oh, okay. i'm not right. enough to tell you anything definitively but um yeah it's it was more just the fact that i was throwing mega crop at at pro mix and then throwing cow mag on top of that or or whatever nutrient um, regimen i was going on before i was a mega crop i was just kind of going to the toy store and buying a lot of cool stuff for my for my kids who i love dearly you know like the different mm -hmm. relationship as you mature and in, in growing the plant and i think what i learned was more that if i'm seeing um light burn lately um at the top of the canopy, I know that my plants are probably not getting enough calcium to make up for for the um, the beating that my LEDs are giving them. Um, but but it's so strain specific that I don't I can't say that's it by any means an expert opinion because I'm not an expert. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, no, yeah. That's sorry, what I've no, observed sorry. so far is is yeah that and from what i've heard from listening to a lot of podcasts as well is just, just within like they need a lot more than we thought mm -hmm. just within and like the past year up until like a year ago i always thought i swore i was struggling with calcium so i was always throwing cow mag and like if that like the next the next grow i'd get a different kind of cow mag because that one didn't do it and the next one i'd get mm -hmm. a different kind of cow mag because that didn't do it and uh, now I don't even use CalMag, and I don't have any problems. Right. What it was, it was I was mistaking a calcium, I was mistaking a phosphorus deficiency as a calcium deficiency. Sure. Because the two look very similar. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started I started loading loading them up with phosphorus, and boom, went away. Yeah. The whole time I was sitting there throwing CalMag cal in, and it wasn't even what even a calcium deficiency i completely agree lately and that's basically almost been in the past month um that i've realized the phosphorus side through the oa the organics alive regiment um is honestly kind of like the athena of <laughs> organic nutrients I'm, I'm really impressed with it but at the same time i'm uh stingy and i just ordered all of the, the soluble line and I realized how little of phosphorus I've been feeding actually, um, mm -hmm. because it was like, Hey, um, 20 milliliters or it was like 20 grams to four gallons, I think in my mix, in my rest, which is a, a decent amount of, uh, powder, yeah. which I was like, this is like two or $3 right here. And I got to put $3 in this res every time. I don't know. This is like, this is like filling up my truck. So but what i have noticed is really really beautiful results and and really instant and, and in that kind of way that i usually started to see shortage but i think what i was realizing was just how much they need by seeing how much um the oa regiment recommends because like the soluble powders that organics alive offers is almost just like straight um usable nutrient I, yeah, I'm not an expert enough. And then you talk about carbon based and it's really confusing. But I get lost on I think I was honestly suffering from both, you know, calcium yeah. and phosphorus at the same time. And I think calcium was in response to the LEDs. 
and phosphorus I was locking out either from pH or overwatering or um, a variety of things. But yeah, usually underfeeding. You know, when I started getting really good results with mega crop, it was because I started really measuring the EC and making sure I was putting like like three tablespoons in my bucket. And I think when I was doing it without being really attentive to what it was requiring, I would always underfeed. It was like, these, couldn't, these plants can't possibly need this much food, regardless if it was synthetic or organic. You know, I think I've realized just how hungry they can get. And oh, you yeah. see people like Autopotamus or August Automatics on Instagram lately, like with Mills Nutrients or Crop Salts and in cocoa and they're just getting huge beasts i mean i know they're massive it's cool yeah but you can feed these things and i think that's what i've always been timid of too with autoflowers too and just being a starter you're like i want this to succeed i don't want to burn the plants i don't want to hurt them i I can't possibly give them this much stuff right Mm -hmm. um and then also just trying to be cheap (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah man they can take it you know yeah I do three EC on my autos, three EC the whole time. Yeah, you'd love to do five. <laughs> I would. I would too. <laughs> Just jam it in. Don't tempt me, Frodo. <laughs> I I want to try adjusting my calcium and phosphorus because I've been having a similar problem with the LEDs. They get all toasty and charred at the tops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems to depend on what light I have them under. My R spec HLG. Um, definitely requires more calcium hmm. than the um so the full spectrum non r spec you mentioned organics alive what are you using for calcium what they have food? their own calcium um it's a it's a bottle uh it's called calcium something cool 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 um before that i was using bloom city calmag which is pretty good I just was trying to get completely off synthetic, but um, I really want to try to do more KNF and do the eggshells vinegar uh, WCA mix, but I have a hard time understanding uh, dilution rate and like how much I need to add. And if, if this is so important, <laughs> um, I still don't have a playground that's large enough to experiment, honestly. like. Mm-hmm. If I had just another time that's like, here's the organic, I don't care how much yield at all. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I'm not there personally. And that's when I start making mistakes where I'm like, oh, actually, I do kind of want to have a man. Yeah. I, I did the WCA. So maybe for, not can enough today. <laughs> I did that WCA for a little while and it was uh, roughly like just a shy teaspoon per gallon. I think it's a one to 1000 ratio for that. Some of this stuff is one to 500 and some is one to 1,000. Right. But yeah, if I remember. Have that, you ever measured like EC of anything, uh, KNF? No. I have a gnarly um, um, J, uh, JLF that I started after you guys had Ocacalyx on. Oh. Where I was starting right cool. around there. That stinky shit. And, oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it's, man. It's, it's wonderful. So bad. But, yeah. <laughs> Mine has, it does even it does uh taper so as that um that level of mycelial mat um on top um the labs basically the stuff that's eating all of the the anaerobic material as that actually uh starts to 
um, become alive. Yeah, be, become stabilized, I guess, in there and yeah. and uh, take effect. The smell goes way down. Um, mm. But yeah, I hit up Todd from Organics Alive, and I was like, "Hey, I got this great bucket. I put buckwheat that I grew um, that I like didn't cover crop outside. We had a huge raised bed that I cover crop buckwheat in. And I chopped all that and put it in the bucket." my wife was like that was for our garden bed and it's like now it's for the jlf uh so i stole the buckwheat and we did comfrey uh, which i put in there and then dandelion and uh and then all the trim from like 12 grows uh and just in a five gallon bucket and just keep on compressing it down but as i watered it in it's like i can test the ec of it with um the blue meter um but other than that, I don't know what I'm wielding. <laughs> so it, it, it feels really crazy to go ahead and apply to, to something I'm depending on for medicine. Um, just kind of roguishly, I guess, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I hit up Todd from Organics Lab. He had a couple of suggestions of how to determine, you know, what I'm working with, which is kind of exciting. Nice. Nice. Yeah, if I remember from that episode with OK Calix, he's he gave a, a ratio that he uses roughly, but it was in terms of quarts, like quart mason jars. It was like one yeah. one quart per five gallon, and then yeah, you go yeah. up from there. Which seems like a lot. It seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I think that would be my concern is it's probably more than I think again, you know, where you have this like putrid green volume where you're like, I'm going to use a tablespoon. And that'll be fine. And, and yep. maybe you need a full jar, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had this in my notes, but I guess not. Yeah. Oh, the ratios? Yeah. I could have sworn I had but it in here. We didn't do a what are you smoking on yet. I've got some uh, sour tangy flower here. That's pretty nice. Ooh. It's turning out to be a nice strain. Get that sour tangy? Mm-hmm. Tangy. I'd love to try Tangy one day. I've been hearing so much about it. It's kind of one of those fabled mythic yeah, strains, a, I guess. It's got a nice subtle orange flavor to it, but the effect is more what I'm after. Like it's a it's a nice daytime smoke. So that's great. Yeah. I'm trying to wake up because I'm tired like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleepy. You're sleepy. Uh well, well I'm uh <laughs> I'm dabbing Odinson's. Out the corda. I I'm smoking sour bubbly from I believe is, Mephisto. Is it bubbly or buble? Sour nice. buble. Shit's good, dude. I've been smoking um since since I don't have my carta. Um I had to send the carta in for warranty work already. Sadly. Oh, Sadly. Really? <laughs> yeah. But anyway. I, I think um, it was a I think it's a firm I think it's some kind of weird like Yeah, you said that they did like a firmware update they, like the week before I got mine, and then when I installed it, I don't know. But anyway, it couldn't yeah. change the LED color, which was really bugging me. Um but yeah, ever since I sent that in for warranty work, I've been smoking sour bubbly. It's been like a week now, and shit's so good, dude. It's like a perfect it's a, it's a little bit of an upper, and it's just fucking tastes so good. Yeah. It tastes like, a, like on the exhale, I get like a minty, like a spearmint. It's really good. Oh. Mm. That's the best. I've grown like one strain with that. 
This is the first one I've grown that had like a mintiness to it, and I, I like it a lot. It's nice. I think that's not very common. I, I've yeah. run across it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. I have it it's right really now good. with a, a Mephisto strain, actually. I, I'm not smoking it, but the can of cheese has a bit of a, a minty thing. Has yeah, a need, beef, a beef thing. I want some of that menthol. Weed, yeah, you need to get your uh, ass I'm over here. On, uh, it's good, dude. You I'm like smoking it. on some Brothers and Farms, yeah. Macronut, Macronut Medicals, um, Toasted Ghost. Shout out Macronut, which is really damn good. And and I because the fourth time I've grown it, I tested it for him. Um, it's what is it? Uh, Toasted tangerine crossed with ghost tooth from the system. Oh, okay. Is that right? Yeah. And it has some really nice, like, uh, incense, sandalwood. I, I don't know. It's, it has a, it's a very, in, I hate to say incense. It just sounds like a category, like oriental, something like <laughs> not, uh, not specific enough. Um, but yeah, it has a nice mustiness, but it's it's a it's a super heavy hitter. Mm -hmm. He so is a that. breeder that goes for like all indicas specifically targeted after RSO because um, oh. he's big, really into the the um, growing quite a bit of autos to take straight into RSO. Um, so sure. his indicas are is are really nice, but um, this one matures in like 60 to 65 days and just really dense and wonderful and uh, yeah wow. it's one of the fastest autos i've grown nice it's pretty impressive yeah no kidding yeah it, it is uh, a great idea for extracts you know to be able to run that volume i suppose at that point as a breeder you're looking at quality of the resin and then the time yeah well he just fills up his jars straight with just beautiful nugs you know just and just puts the everclear straight over the nugs doesn't grind or anything and then agitates from there but yeah like he swears that uh the full bud rso is the way to go and he has like strain specific rso so that sounds delightful yeah i know that's what you're doing too my my rso that i hopefully doing soon is just kind of like here's the last eight plants that i ran which may just be a yeah. Crazy idea. We'll find I'm out. Not, I'm not doing Especially strain. with all those night owls, they're like half sativas every time. <laughs> I'm definitely not doing strain specific here. It's the same thing. It's like over time, I just throw all the trim into a big tote and then mm -hmm. or larf or sugar leaf or whatever. Kind of, and then every once in a while, I'll just kind of dump some keef in there like I'm salting it, you know? <laughs> like you're seasoning yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> so that, then when Those I get spices, it. Spices, <laughs> baby. When I get around to it, I'll take the alcohol that I have and just, yeah. you know, fill the jar and pack as much as I can in there. So I've just been going through this perpetual trim. Oh, yeah. It's like a cider barrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But yeah, that stuff, it's a heavy hitter. It's the solid black oil, you know, pretty thick. And uh, like like I said, I couldn't even start to say what's in it, but uh, it's it's pretty sedative. For sure. Well, I have everything ready to go. Um, yeah, I've just been waiting for the opportune time to, to make the batch. So I have the extract all, all ready to go. And there's like a solid like inch of keef 
settled in the bottom of the jar. But I noticed yep. just from the trim breaking through. So nice. Are you Should you're work. using extract hall or what are you using? I used Everclear. Everclear. Cool. That seems to be the way to go. And I, I would recommend running it through coffee filters once you strain I it got, out. Yeah, yeah, I have a I don't know what the micron is. It's whatever uh is like a micron bag filter that that uh Macronut recommended. I just ordered everything that he recommended. Nice. Right on. Why why yeah. do you say that, Rudy? The first time I like when I started making it before I started doing that, there was a lot of uh sludge at the end of the mm -hmm. at the end of the evap evaporation process. There'd be a lot more like microscopic vegetable matter in there that would get cooked at the bottom. So I started running it through just big, uh, I got like industrial size unbleached coffee filters and I'll put okay. that, put that in a strainer and then just take my material and kind of squeeze it through there. And like, I end up going through probably a dozen filters cause they actually clog up really quick. So like, oh, wow. I, like there's a flow through it and then I'll kind of like move on to a new one. And it takes a little while, but I've found the product to be really nice. Then it doesn't come out as, uh, as clumpy and you don't seem to lose as much to the bottom of the vessel. No, that's good to know. Yeah, I figured I'd I'd kind of continue straining it back and forth a couple of times to see if I can clarify it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the settling thing too. Like you can just let it sit and then just pour off, you know, and let all the, any sediment settle to the bottom. But I do like to shake it up before, like make sure to get everything that I have in there in, in the final process, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love. I haven't tried the like the quick freezer method yet, where I know uh, Paranoid Grow does that, where he like puts it all in the jar, shakes it up, and throws it in the freezer, and it's not in there for mm -hmm. very long. I don't think. Like in some cases, it's only like a day or two days. Uh, and yeah, take that out and strain that and run it right away. And it, it's they say it's as potent, but it's really clear. The final oil. Mm -hmm. so, mm. I've Plus, not tried. Yeah. Tried it yet. More, more edible, I guess. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, Macronut suggests like a forty-eight hour. I think is where he cuts it to for uh, like palatability. He says it mm -hmm. gets pretty rough afterwards, but I think that's like straining. So yeah, right now I I did the freezer and just OCD shaked it like every other hour for like two days in the freezer, and then I strained it. And then I haven't gotten around to uh, cooking it down. So it's sitting strained, more or less, other than a bunch of keef that, that made it through the original strain. So, yeah, I don't know what that sitting time. Oh, I also, um, what do you call it? Solarized it under the tent light. Okay. Went, cool. And it went from green, green to brown. Cool. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I, bet, I, I didn't even know that was a thing solarized yeah. it i guess it takes a lot of the chlorophyll uh taste yeah out. so it it's sense. a green liquid which i guess is 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 that at that point it's traditionally with the green dragon elixir right if you don't cook that down I i'm not going to dabble on that side of the fence anymore but it mm -hmm. was green after the extraction after mm -hmm. uh filtering it out and then yeah i left it under the um the led in the tent and a lot of people just put it outside under the sun but either under the sun or under the light. And then it was like eight hours and it was all brown. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And supposedly it takes the taste of that chlorophyll out. Yeah. I'm curious what your results are. That's cool. 
my, I definitely like mine. I, I soak it, like just let it go for like a week, two weeks. Um, just kind of in the corner of the room in a big three gallon glass jar basically. And yeah, uh, yeah. The palatability is a thing. Personally, I've gotten used to it, but it's, it's gnarly. Like, <laughs> yeah. And oftentimes right. like I'll get like a, huh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I could see making it more palatable, but a lot of times I've sure. been just putting it in capsules and just taking it down with That's water. That's what I plan to know? do. Yeah. yeah. Cause why? What's, what's the point? That's otherwise, how right? Yeah. The sublingual, you do absorb it a little faster, but I like the capsules too. Cause it's a long, like I took some tonight. It was at four o'clock. So six hours ago and I'm, it's still on me, you know, for sure. And I probably wake huh. up like fuzzy, but I took fuzzy. about, I think I would say like 400 milligrams. Nice. You know, but I don't know of, not of THC, but of, you know, by weight of the actual oil itself. It's funny What's you mentioned all the life the... of that. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know. I think it's indefinite. Really? No, that's a good question. I'd be surprised. Like it doesn't go down to CBN? Oh, I don't know. About, like that? I don't know like about that. Yeah, I'm not sure. It probably does degrade after a while in terms of its composition. I thought you meant like mold and such. I would. I, I'm not sure that it would ever go bad in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I meant. Like but yeah, degrading. I guess degrading. Yeah, it probably would. Yeah. yeah. It would probably just change over time. Like yeah, it would just keep mm-hmm. downshifting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You still take a maintenance dose, Rudy? Like you take it daily? Or no, uh, I'm not. But I, you know, every few days a couple times a week like probably i would say at least once a week for sure so like a grain of rice size in one of those capsules yeah or more or more more than that like you know like now I do, like the of the large double zero size capsules that are regular like if you got mm-hmm. a supplement you know like about half of one of those is like like three or four hundred milligrams which of okay. thc if i had to really guess it's probably somewhere around half of that because it's this, it's the black oil. So it's not like a rosin or anything, you know? Um, So I'm probably taking, yeah, anywhere from one to 300 milligrams when I do that dose of THC, which would kind of track with how I feel. (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to start doing that as a, as a regimen, you know, for medicine for like proactively. Uh, I'm an ex smoker and, and alcoholic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I think is what we were going to originally talk about is, you know, how cannabis helps us get over some substance abuse or anything else like that. But um, I I think it's efficable, you know, in in curing or preventing cancer, if not a bunch of other shit, right? But I've been listening to that podcast, the Cure for Cancer or uh, Searching. Cannabis Health Radio. Health Radio, yeah. Yeah, that's it. The very RSS specific one, which which got me very interested. In, and but yeah, it's amazing, right? It's uh truly amazing. But it's also it really like is. we're so so stoked about it. And just just uh, yeah. yeah. I, I know my bone hits aren't aren't going to be curing any cancer. It, it helps a lot for the rest of my my anxieties in life. But I don't think that's like as as medically efficable as like an RSO. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes a lot of sense. Even, um, uh, you know, not, not for getting high at all, um, you know, to just, to just take the RSO like on a, on a morning routine, um, specifically to say like, let's fight all the, 
the toxins and stuff um mm-hmm. or or anti-cancer in general but yeah i'm i've become more and more excitedly engaged about like how we can help our friends and family and and, and change biases and you know mm-hmm. i think everybody knows somebody with cancer right and but yeah there's very yeah. few of us that have the means and and knowledge to make rso and you know it's like that's that's why I point so many people at that podcast, Cannabis Health Radio, because like yeah. once you actually start hearing all the stories one after the other, kind of like holy shit. You yeah, know? it's like there's something to this. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. going on there. Wow. Right. It's great too, and I really love the ones that are are from people that are more like my parents or uh, my grandparents, for that matter, that are saying like I'm I'm really scared of getting high and losing control, which is kind of what we're saying there um but you know like even though that they aren't getting high that they kick cancer's ass you know like that's the kind of podcast like can send to my mom and be like hey this isn't just a bunch of stoners giggling over here and having a good time and feeling better about <laughs> life you know it's like we're, they're actually doing something and, and it would be nice to be able to give her that when if her cancer ever came back or just for pain you know my mom mm-hmm. can't sleep for shit but you know it's too scared to getting high to consider anything you know so yeah we i mean we see it all over the place i've i've seen it up close i've had friends who have wiped out tumors in the space of time that you were supposed to go back for the next scan you go back and it's gone you know like I've i've had the phone call from people like the doctor shit his pants you know like and then of course like we've talked about before like very few if any of them can actually record that data so that's like, uh, I hate that. It's like they're being pigeonholed into malpractice because it is malpractice, but oh, they have to do that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. You know, it is kind of the, the romantic part of like the fringiness that we were talking about earlier, you know, like, the, mm-hmm. uh, again, we're on the fringe of science. If it's on the, on the, the soil science side of things or on the fact that nobody knows how to, kill cancer other than a few of these fringy rso guys you know like that's fun to be on that side of the fence you know isn't it yeah well and yeah it's refreshing and and to start proving it correct uh-huh. cool because that's yeah it's like the it, ten yeah, pirates it's... like a cultivation conversation talks about but like it's yeah. you're actually yeah you're <laughs> with the cause well know? look it's, at it's uh pretty cool grow the cure yeah yeah right. you know yeah Look yeah. what he did. And we yeah, have so. we have a member in our Discord. I don't want to blow up his name, but uh, who is, uh, you know, alive. At least one, I think, maybe two years longer than the doctors said anything about him, you know, his prospects. And he's kicking it. And he's got a mass that hasn't grown a single bit. They say it's basically completely stopped. And that's due to RSO, you know. But yeah, it's yeah, one story after the other after the other. So I have to be careful with my emotions around when I see like yeah. the race for the cure or fight for the cure and all that stuff. It just like, uh, I mean, I get it, but I also hate it. Like you can't really fault people for not knowing, you know, or, or even believing you for that matter. Like I try to not fault people for thinking it's bullshit because they can't really help it. Yeah. You just got yeah. to see it or hear about it, you know, enough times yeah yeah and <laughs> back to our previous points like you can't can't take a horse to water at the same time you know you have to 
you have to be willing to to open your mind and and learn at, at a certain point, right? Yeah. Whether, whether that's a rock bottom point in your life or a point of inflection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you talked <laughs> about that. Yeah. Well, so yeah, you you mentioned the uh, the substance abuse thing, and I've mentioned on the show before that I'm a sober alcoholic. Yeah. And so you are as well, and you mentioned that. So we're we're both out. Yeah. <laughs> My wife and I have, have just celebrated five years sober together. Um, nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Definitely from her strength uh, that allowed that allowed my sobriety. But yeah, I mean, she kicked that shit on her own with her toddler in her hands. Uh, I, I needed medical detox personally. Mm. Um, I mean, it was just one of those things I couldn't, you know, I couldn't fathom a day without it. I couldn't. And at the end, I really couldn't fathom, you know, half a day without it. I couldn't fathom starting the day without it. Um, and I, I medicated with it, you know, it was one of those, I was terrified of anxiety and anxiety was ruling me and, and, and everything. Um, yeah. and, and parenting and, you know, financial stress of being a provider and, and to work and normal life is the thing is that we're not exceptional right but in our heads we get really exceptional and say well like for me i'm i'm way too fucked up and the only thing that's going to work for me is is booze or, or whatever you found you know and that's really the thing of it really is that we all have a lot of shit and life is hard and we need the grace to to deal with it and for some of us cannabis helps provide you know that um that relief of anxiety that we were looking for in in the wrong avenues right it's not that that we need to demonize people for looking for relief and our society is like hey uh life's hard have a beer at the end of the day have a beer and you know and uh yeah we did and and it works for a long ass time and then you're like well i'm medicating and then you realize um you know what if you're medicating it anxiety you're also destroying your health from from alcohol and, and that kind of you know is a revolving door uh of of consequences there mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's 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 having the grace to say that everybody's dealing with something and everybody's kind of addicted to something be it sugar um bad habits alcohol um drugs and and booze and and yeah even some cannabis related activities now right can be yeah. considered addictive as we as we delve further in um so everything with grace right but uh i think you probably in your in your journey have heard of gabor mate he's an addiction no. specialist okay he's really cool he does some lectures he's a doctor and an addiction specialist he's worked with a lot mainly you know opiates and heroin and stuff but he uh you know had his own bout with addiction but it was with uh buying music cds because he was a doctor and he was wealthy and he could throw money around and so he found himself psychologically addicted to the point that he would actually leave operations to go to like the sam goody or whatever you know and get a a couple of cds and then come back wash his hands and get back into the surgery it was really crazy (laughs) but he ties that the thread there with like that's basically just addictive behavior and it can manifest with anything um yeah how you soothe yourself you know whatever your strange dopamine trigger Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i think a lot of people get that from from like e-commerce and and shopping you know yeah yeah oh totally totally yeah you have to be careful with that i mean i'm i'm yeah i'm I'm super (laughs) i think all of us are it's just very easy to like Mm -hmm. 
to have that craving fixed real quick. Oh yeah, totally. So, uh, yeah, I can identify with what you're saying. I had a similar sort of thing. Um, I didn't, uh, medically detox per se, but it was, it was pretty rough at the end and it was like a definitely uh, daily all day thing. And, uh, I found when I recapitulated a lot, so of course it's a long story as everybody's story is a long story, but, um, <laughs> it's weird now to have, I went through AA, you know, and I won't like, you know, it's anonymous, so I'm not going to blow up like all the details about the meetings and stuff, but I do sort of feel now like I don't want to go back because I don't want to go there and lie because that's antithetical, you know, to the spirit mm. of the meeting. And I don't want to go yeah. there and, like cause a bunch of controversy by talking about cannabis. So I could, I could go there and just be quiet, which is a thing that you do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that totally like pulled me away from the regular meetings. But I find like, to me, it's yeah. about res results. Like I'm stable right now, but mm -hmm. like my work is good. I get up early, like I'm focused and I'm heavily involved with cannabis, like on a daily basis. So on a right. personal level, I've found what works for me, um, to the outside person and definitely to some of my friends from the meetings, it, it would look like, uh, horrible to them. I'm like backslidden all the way into full on. Addiction <laughs> mode. And I don't, I don't know how to say like, my life is good. I don't know how to explain it more than mm -hmm. that. Like it really yeah. feel clear and fulfilled and blah, all that, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you you could also own a you know a, a really kick-ass coffee company and be completely obsessed with you know farm-to-table coffee operations and in your sobriety and, and got really big into your caffeine hook. Um, it, it can go in a variety of different ways, right? Mm -hmm, totally. Well, I also um, <laughs> I think I don't know where I was going with that. No, no I think yeah, I see the, I see the correlation. I see it. I think the focus of those like it, of so I've also changed a lot myself in the process of getting off of alcohol because I've gotten off of other things in the past too. In my early 20s, mm -hmm. cocaine for a while, statue sure. questions, you know, but uh, allegedly, that, that was allegedly, at, allegedly at, the, at the time that I'll admit that was hard to get off. You know, I was like 23 when I was like, oh, I got to stop this. You know, it's, it's getting me right, you know, mm -hmm. um, but uh, specifically between alcohol and cannabis. I remember times when I was drinking where I would be high as hell, still wanting a beer and vice versa, very drunk and still mm -hmm. wanting a joint. So it was like, but my escapism was in just full blown, you know, like escaping as hard as possible. So it, to me, there's not, it did actually take a, a little while at the beginning to, to, to unravel those things, but there's not a tie between the two as though it's the same thing. Cause that's what like the argument they get a lot like, well, you're still just kind of escaping with that. But then it, to me, it becomes a more nuanced discussion. And if you're going to say like, well, you're just making excuses, then we kind of can't mm -hmm. have the conversation because it all sort of sounds that way. You got to be able to talk it out, you know? Yeah. I, I now want to circle back on what you were saying about the guilt of AA and not being able to really talk about the fact that, that cannabis is a profound tool and, and help in your life. And, and you find it, um, you know, helps with cessation, right? And helps people uh, conquer their addictions. And, uh, and a lot of people, cannabis is the tool that 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 helps you stay sober. And I think for my wife and I, you know, we we have definitely come to grips that said like life is still fucking hard. Yeah, we're sober from alcohol, but we're also um, putting in a lot of work fixing our life to 
not cause the stresses that were driving us to drink um, to begin with and to cause that alcoholic behavior, right? Um, so with the grace of cannabis allowing us to handle our anxieties that, that are caused from living in a mad world, I mean, a lot of it is the grace to say, like, look at what's happening. Look at what we deal with as humans on a day-to-day -day basis. The news, the craziness, just just the anxiety of, of modern life. Like, we don't have to talk about politics or anything. We can just say modern life as a human is absolutely insane. And and to say that everyone should just be able to deal with it and pull up your britches, you know, and like, find God. I don't know, from the AA perspective and, and, and nothing else, right? It's kind of the idea um, to fill that God-sized hole. Um, yeah. I, I found a lot of value in AA, uh, but I also understand what you're saying with the contradiction where I can't go in and say, hey, you know what, what gets me stable and grounded and able to talk about all this shit confidently encourage other people to stop drinking is weed. I can't go yeah. in and say that. No. You're, you're totally right. I did 90... 90 meetings in 90 days when I when I first came out and I found a profound, profound value in the fact that I was surrounded by a bunch of other people that weren't crazy and that were exactly the same as me and said yeah. that they were struggling. And, and that's all it is. It's just like me being too stubborn to go in a room and realize that I was just being an asshole and saying that I'm exceptional and and that my problems are unlike anybody else's. And only I have ever dealt with addiction and, you know, like that, that somehow the level of vodka I was drinking is sustainable. You know, like you, you can tell yourself all sorts of interesting lies, you know, to get through these things. But at the end of the day, the support is what matters. And it does suck that you can't go into these support groups and say, here's a little bit different of how we can do this. And, um, and you know, customized to different people, right? Mm. Um, I think a lot of people can find um, that it is still a, a tool that is acceptable, right? It's not pharma. You know, it's not just for alcoholics. It's also for depression. It's mm. also for anxiety. You know, I no longer personally take SSRIs because I found that through my health and, and lack of alcohol and through cannabis i didn't also not needing to be on uh, antidepressant um so i mean i think there's a lot of that um the science about the how much room we have in our receptors our cb1 or cb2 receptors and when we fill all this up with pharmacologicals even tylenol we don't have room to have the medical benefits of cannabis or um, tools that we're actually using to um to feel better. So mm. like when we load ourselves up with uh, five different prescriptions and then we're like, the cannabis isn't working. Well, no, you have to unplug all the other shit from your outlet before you plug in the cannabis. You know, like there's a lot of people yeah. that say like, I had a terrible experience. It's like, well, you're on five different um, uppers and downers that were prescribed to you, but they yeah. are conflicting, you know, so that is all I'll delete. That's a hundred. Yeah. I'm, I'm spiraling here, but I, I really like what you were saying about, you know, I, I want to spread the good word sometimes, you know, just be like, Oh, you know, there, there's a different option and it's, it's not that it's easy mode, but it certainly is a lot easier to say, you don't just have to quit everything. You know, you don't just mm -hmm. have to quit uh, being able to unwind a little to, um, to quiet your brain 
I think for a lot of us, it was uh, a handicap to life that was necessary. Um, I still feel that way. Like a lot of people are like, I don't want to smoke indica in the morning because I got to get shit done. I'm like, a lot of times for me, I want to smoke indica in the morning because I need to get shit done and I need to quiet my head and I need to to slow it down. It's just, and yeah. that's the kind of drinker I was like, I'm, you know, I was operable on a couple of drinks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you on that. It's like how the way Ritalin works with people. Like, you know, for some people it acts as speed and for people with ADD or with however you want to define it, it, it mm-hmm. helps with focus. I, I think, you know, I have a, I don't know, whatever, some form of that thing only because, um, sativas uh work i'll just say sativas work for me like to focus you know and i know a lot of people say yeah, oh, yeah. Sort of like scatterbrained or they start thinking about all this random shit for me it's like and i can just do uh, a really like intense repetitive task for a long time on that so it's it's helped a lot you know especially with like programming and stuff but um yeah, yeah i'm with you on the uh <clears throat> i didn't want to come across like I was talking shit on AA either. I totally same page with <laughs> no, uh, yeah. but it's it's a hugely valuable step and just doing something that you don't want to do as an addict who's trying to get out of that, like just forcing yourself to do that on a regular basis and then having to talk to people, that's hugely valuable. So it ne- it needs to happen for a lot of people. Um but yeah, just the structure it it I, it bums me out a little bit too because their their origins uh, Bill W, uh, used LSD, you know, and he he wanted people to try as part of the protocol. And of course they totally worked that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that should be part of, you know, um, part part of your step work. If you're having trouble finding your, uh, your God placeholder, you know, Mm -hmm. try some psychedelics and come back, you know, (laughs) see if you can figure, figure out a better, uh, spiritual path. Cause Mm -hmm. it, it is about that, uh, oh shit. Plug the laptop in quickly. Keep talking. No, you're good. You check my battery. It's like too. low battery. <laughs> I meant to do this beforehand. Yeah, well, I, I I think that's extremely fascinating about Bill McEvans and they, and they do uh, they, they do downplay that, right? Um, oh, for sure. I mean, that down- is how he had his his spiritual experience was through an LSD hallucination, right? And then mm-hmm. was able to kind of come to grips and talk to himself and have enough distance between him, his ego and himself to understand that what he was doing wasn't, wasn't working out. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Like group therapy by himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, like you were saying about quieting your mind, I, I tend to think now granted, like, let's be objective. There's a lot of addicts out there that are just shitheads and I was one of them. And it can be, <laughs> um, but uh, I think that a lot of people that are heavily addicted to something like that also are like super sensitive, and that that's part of why you have to quiet that down because you can feel everybody and everything around you all the time, and it becomes like completely overwhelming. So you just have to shut it off. And so if that's then aggravated through stress and poor diet and the environment and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, it just gets worse and worse. So it's just about I think a lot of it is coming to a, a peace of mind. So point being, I like that psychological aspect of recovery of the 12 steps, you know, it, the regimented kind of protocol really helps square your brain a little bit and allow you to think differently. Yeah, definitely. And I, I know we were excited to talk about it originally because you had 
a few other guests on that have that have chatted about it. I know okay, Calix was very proudly talking about his sobriety from alcohol, and uh, he's obviously hugely passionate. Um, and I think some of that is that alcoholic obsession <clears throat> um, leads to people that can be profoundly obsessed in a good way, right? Yeah, um, like what so you... we see, uh, yeah, when when you kind of divert divert that attention and that's what a lot of a talks about right is like find something that you can apply this alcoholic tendency to um in, in a good way and really what what i found is that there's a hell of a lot of growers that that fit that label and because this is a very fastidious little craft um but it's also kind of the bonsai craft it's the it's the the quiet garden right it's the it's the place where we go to quiet our mind that's that's not actually smoking cannabis but um the, the growing side is is just as important and i think that's where i find a lot of value too it's just 100 percent, man that's it is, passage of time patience time yep time to yourself focus it's a consistency you know like every day that plants i can peek in that tent or i Hopefully one day I go outside <laughs> um, and every day there's just a little bit of change, but it's just consistent. Mm -hmm. And it helps me say like, oh my gosh, like when you first plant it, you say 90 days, that's so far away. And then when, when that kind of 90 day window up is up, you're like, wow, that flew by what happened in that period of time. And for me, that kind of breaks my year into very succinct, like quarters. Um, and yeah, I track that a lot closer than I've ever really tracked quick. anything. Yeah. It does. It really does. But it helps totally. anchor a lot of other things that are happening in my life because that's like this strange, consistent anchor that's not really moving at the same pace that the rest of my life is. You know, the, the plant's pace is so much slower as it slowly grows. Even And what's cool is it's like one of the fastest plants ever. So we get to really experience it um, in, in such a way. Yeah. I, I, mm. I just like that uh, maybe that's the autoflower benefit, you know, is that you continue and perpetually can mm -hmm. keep going, you know, you, and there isn't that seasonality. Yeah. You can experience that light site, that, that whole cycle all at one time. Boom. The whole life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah, draw to it too. That's what it makes it so special too. You know, these fem, these fem autos, because it's just like, what are you going to get? You know, something mm -hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. The know. patience is a big part of it too. Yeah. Like, especially, um, in terms of, uh, being an addict, you know, the center of addiction is instant gratification, no matter what your, your target is. And so having to, uh, now granted, if I'm out of weed, I'm going to go get some, <laughs> I, mean, I don't mean to like bullshit, you know, but having to grow a plant and watch it and wait for it and then connecting a sense of patience to that medicine is totally antithetical to being in a state sure. of addiction. It's the opposite of, yeah. you know, so at least so let's, let's pause on in that life, you know? Yeah. Well, let's pause on your chuckle there. Cause I think it's an important point is the guilt that you brought up there. Right. Is you're like, well, if I run out of weed, you better bet I'm going to fucking call up all my homies and make sure <laughs> I have some. You know, yep. but that's enough. That's what I'm, that's what the word grace means. Right. Um, and that's what I keep on coming back to. It's like, it's okay to need medicine and it's okay to rely on something that you do rely on, on a, on a daily 
need like that that you wake up and you rely on it as part of your routine as part of as part of your you're waking up and uh you know like our, our plants pray the best towards the light when they have a consistent routine and we're the same way right so if we take away something that's routine and consistent for you that is going to be jarring and then that's with it's that doesn't necessarily make it an addictive problem right but because routine needs to be adjusted slowly um that's kind of where the grace comes in right mm-hmm. totally and uh, um, but yeah it's the same way it's like if you rip someone's anti-depression medicine out of their hands you're not going to be like hey, deal with it dude and you're like you're fine tomorrow's going <laughs> to yeah. be terrible for that person yeah, right. <laughs> and you're not going to call them an addict because yeah yeah, yeah. But what are you, the same what way you we have it? different strange demonizations i mean if i don't have coffee tomorrow i'm going to be awful mm-hmm. you know i'm going to go to angles really quick <laughs> my wife will send me out the door you know Right. Well, that probably is an addiction. Like, we can talk about caffeine that, and, and that dichotomy at AA, man. Oh, man. And the you shittiest, talking caffeine and oh. the shittiest and the shittiest coffee ever. You know, it's Folgers all the way. <laughs> oh, Folgers! <laughs> like I, w- I was that nerd who would like I would bring coffee or I'd bring sourdough bread. You know, and it would be right. like, wow, you know. But yeah, they, they had some <laughs> horrible coffee. But no, you're right. And sugar, uh, that was a big part of that too, recovery process. Everybody I met, counselor, doctor, sponsor, everybody said, go ahead and have, you know, Jolly Ranchers. Go ahead and have as many yeah. as you like, because you need to satiate that while you're trying to get rid of this other thing. And I agreed to it oh, to yeah. an extent, but there was no mitigation of like, chill out at a certain point, you know, because uh, I see a lot of people that are made super unhealthy in the opposite direction from that. They struggle so hard to stay off of alcohol that they like totally fall into it with food and become yeah, unhealthy yeah. and then most likely die early, you know? Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. And, and so much of like my metabolism came back because of that sugar uh, decrease, you know? And, and yeah. yeah, that first, the first year was, yeah, just whatever oh yeah totally. yeah sugar but whatever um yeah what i found fascinating was in medical detox you know when i checked myself in um well when i when i did that i didn't realize quite how, how serious i was getting myself into but that was the point right like when they're like all right give me your belt and you're like oh shit okay and the shoelaces <laughs> and like okay yeah this is what i signed up for um yeah. but it was it was one of those where the, all the food is terrible and it was like fruit fruit loops in like the airlines package that you you know peel open and yeah. uh apple juice and orange juice and it was like chemicals you know it was prison food yeah. um basically the same thing that that cisco would take to the prison was at the detox and it's like the number one thing that can help you know is how we how we eat and our health and stuff and it's the same way with why yeah. why our prisoners such poor mental states and why they can't you know get out of the loop and and how we keep people in in prison you know it's, if we keep people unhealthy but anyways that's a different conversation yeah it yeah, tracks the whole thing yeah but yeah it's it's yeah it's the, a huge the sugar issue loop right is now. real it is sure. yeah yeah it's a huge issue right now you know like we've harped on uh smoking for so long in society is kind of being the worst and i'm not going to get into the whole smoking thing but like uh just talking about food like you know it it definitely should be a topic because people are you know i think you're losing 10 to 20 years 
of life potential by just eating whatever bullshit American diet, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like wor- it's worth thinking about, you know, for that end time. There's so many layers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could I could probably get on a different podcast and talk about that stuff. My wife's on the regenerative agriculture side of things and we we rotate uh, um, <clears throat> sheep on a hobby scale on a very small acreage and uh, and chickens and, and trying to figure that out from a um, sustainable food initiative practice. Mainly just how do we feed ourselves more from like a homesteading perspective. How do we um, like learn what goes into that? Are we comfortable yeah. eating chickens after killing them ourselves and eating them still? Right. Yes and no. Yeah. Um, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it's, totally. a, it's a more intimate relationship with that animal and it comes pros and cons. Um, same with the, the sheep, you know, that's, that's why we got into it is to say like if we're going to continue eating red meat then let's be more intimate with that but also she is the fan you know which is one of those not not quite a proper mentality but uh uh all of my tech and uh uh white collar skill set is completely useless and uh you know when when everything shuts down and that's kind of more where i'm at lately it's just when we talk about food security and the more i learn and the more i read about it the more you realize that it's all set up by idiots you know like Mm -hmm. there's nothing to be uh, secure about there's nothing to feel secure about any of this you know what what we subsidize and and encourage is is nonsense and uh is is purely for profit and, and garbage and uh yeah, we're we're yeah. learning that we're just killing ourselves. A hundred percent. It's it's sad. And, but... and not only that, not only that, but all that uh, all that essentially bullshit food we have in the supply chain. What is it like three right. days? You know, from from go. If everything shut down, we'd have about three days worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those topics. You know, you can go really deep down the rabbit hole, and it starts to become. Uh, it's a sad conversation because, as rich as as your richest friend can get they can only detach themselves so much from the societal problems, right? You can only pay your way out of so much until you say like, like, unless you grew it, you don't know, you know, like you're, you're still not able to really divest um, all of that kind of guilt or, or not guilt, but assurance of what you're eating really. Um, But yeah, we just subsidize all the wrong stuff, you know. It's it's not affordable to eat healthy like at a real scale. Yeah, it's great. Hell no. The le- the lesson and, and you can't and you can't demonize that. people that aren't. I guess is my problem. I live in like blue collar rural, and those conversations come up, you know. And like I can't be like, hey, stop eating like what you're eating. Like, well, give me the alternative. It's like, well, I can't because it requires like restructuring. Yeah. It's requires like all right you raise the pigs i'll raise the chickens we're going to do trades you know like it's yeah. those kind of conversations people aren't ready to have those conversations no one's ready to have societal shift in that way but really no. that's how you do it right you have to 100%. take the money out of it and say like all right we need to actually work as a community and all raise food together and it's not about uh who gets to make the most money off of acres of corn like it's just not it, it's not about feeding each other, right? It's about making money. And and we really have to change to say, like, if we care about each other, it's about food. And and that requires community and not competition. And those conversations aren't easy to just be like, yeah, just, 
just start eating uh, white meat only and uh, avoid dairy. You know, like it's there's very different yeah. ways of thinking. You know, like I can't suggest someone how to actually live holistically. Like you have to do so much work and change your life to figure out how to be, how to change some of that stuff. And and to to talk about that um, without bringing privilege into it is really hard. I think. Like if you're not ready to say like, like for example, we only have one car, and some a lot of people around here think that's really crazy. But that savings we redirect to food that costs more than most people are willing to spend on food and in turn think we're kind of crazy for maybe shopping at the higher end or the food market or from farmers that charge $20 for a chicken. Um, you have to start valuing it differently. You have to start saying, yeah, the chicken actually is worth $25 because I've raised them and I've seen the chickens that you pay $10 for and you don't want to eat them. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're getting into to food yeah. security and regenerative stuff, and I, I like to rattle the rattle the cages a little. But um, I think it's great. It, I'm all for it. But yeah, they're hard conversations, right? You want to wake people up and say, like, I want you to be healthy. I want you to live your best life, and I think I have the tools to help you realize that. But yeah, you don't want to insult people and say like, what you're doing is wrong or what you're doing is stupid because it's not. Like, and our society doesn't help at all. You know, so yeah. what it really yeah. comes down to is all of us being like, let me help you out by by hooking you up with some meat that we raised. And I'm seeing more of that in our community now. But really, that's just having to figure out, like, where can you give and how can you give more? Yeah. And and hopefully meet other people that in turn can give back. Right. And I think that's what we're finding in community through what we're doing with um, auto flowers and cannabis and all that is just that we're finding a lot more growth and response out of sharing and having these conversations that aren't about us going and making money. I don't, I mean, maybe you guys are rolling in it from these podcasts, but probably not. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> like we're probably all talking about the stuff cause we really love what we're doing here. And I think, um, food and health needs to be the same way, right? Where we need to bring passion back into it and say like what we're doing is because it's meaningful and not because it's profitable. And I a lot agree. of people want to grow food because, you know, like people wanted to grow weed because it's going to make a lot of money. And now it's like, hmm, no, it's not going to really, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, farms totally. kind of need to go in the opposite direction where it needs to get more trendy and more popular, but it's not going to get more profitable. You know, there's nothing that we're going to do that's going to make the web developer say oh i can make just as much money doing market gardening there's a lot of web developers that are having panic attacks and, and leaving web development to go be regenerative farmers but they're not doing it because they can still make 200k a year right you know what i'm saying like, yeah. exactly and yeah. there's no future that that will be the case you know what it well, takes is people saying how do i only make 50k a year and be happy but be well fed yeah, you know what I, I'm saying? Totally. And I, I wanted to, t like, I like your point about um, the the privilege thing uh, in the sense that, like, yeah, it is hard to say, you know, oh, just get grass-fed meat when, you know, right. it's $12 a pound, you know, uh, or things like that. I find I find it helpful or have found it helpful to uh, to talk about, like, the old ways 
of doing things like mainly fermentation, you know, like sauerkraut and kimchi are easy and cheap to make if you learn about the process or like uh, sourdough bread, you know, like personally I'm off bread, but like if you're going to eat bread, make it, you know, because it's so much cheaper for something you would spend 15 bucks for at Whole Foods. You could make 12 of those, you know, for like a few bucks. Yeah. So yeah, like, I think bread's like half of our budget. But I think circumventing like the cap, you know, and I'm don't get me wrong, I'm I'm pro capitalist essentially, but like the the <laughs> the hardcore capitalist got a hold of the healthy food market. So it's I think it's expensive yeah. for bullshit reasons. And so that that is frustrating to see people have that barrier and be like, Well, I can't not get mac and cheese because it's a dollar a box, you know. And like like you said, I get it totally. But like there's other right. ways, there's other ways to focus on getting sources of nutrition that are basically just as cheap. It just takes like a shift of mindset. Um, but it's yeah. also about time. Yeah. Too. And that's another thing too. Like I, I don't have kids, so I can back right away from any discussion of time and kids, you know, and family and all that. So <laughs> I can sit here in my kitchen and make sauerkraut, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean to redirect towards, uh, uh, you know, away from growing or, or cannabis talk for sure. But I, I think it, it, it is a, what is it called? An entry drug into gardening. I think that's true. Oh, and I, I think yeah. some of it is that yeah. realization that, yeah, um, uh, cannabis shouldn't make a bunch of money. And that's kind of what's wrong right now. Like I'm, I'm not on, on the trendy coast of, of legality where, where things are moving and shaking, but I've been following the podcasts and, and the news and it's, you know, what's happening is the realization that whenever it's being led for profit and at a huge scale, the quality just won't ever compete with boutique. And it's the same way with the vegetables, right? Totally. It's not, totally. it's not rocket science to understand that, that, that boutique scale can live right alongside it. Um, and it will always be better to buy directly from the farmer that can only trim by hand, you know, and, and, and grew some sativa for eight months, you know, cause that's the only one that's going to grow that, which is awesome and exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a fine line, like definitely with that, because if you got into the market with that, you would want to, and sort of need to be compensated accordingly. So those long flowering things would be a lot more expensive. I haven't seen any companies doing that yet where like there's a $600 ounce of some chocolate tie that took, you know, 18 weeks or whatever. I don't know why they're not doing that yet. <laughs> well, I'm sure very, people so. are thinking about it, but the market may not be there be, because it's so tank uh, because I can go get an ounce for 70 bucks. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I think there's some of me that thinks that people will be like, will never clue into kind of the obsessive things that we're talking about. Um, like people will only be like what what gets me high thc percentages but really when i think about like the kind of um like the belgian beer market uh, or the craft beer market the craft beer snobs i mean that that got out pretty pretty widely i would say like the general populace got pretty well versed on on at least the different types of craft beer and uh like pretty quickly and so I would hope that eventually we'll uh, we'll see the broader public understand kind of what the the benefits of a like a crazy high sativa um, versus 
um, you know, more of the run of the mill mids that, that, uh, anybody can grow. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of what sent some of us or a lot of people maybe away from weed originally. I mean, I, I grew up in Houston, um, in high school and we got brick from Mexico. And now that I'm educated, I would assume that we probably got Oaxacan, uh, and, I know that stuff probably blasted us all to the moon um, <laughs> and and gave us all panic attacks uh, <laughs> from some of our first experiences. And I'm sure I, I know as a drinker and in my prior days, I would say I, I used to encourage people to try a good tequila because if they've only tried Jose Cuervo, they can't say they hate tequila mm -hmm. and swear it off for life. They need to try like a good mezcal. I think the same thing can be said for uh, for weed in that way, where I think a lot of people had really racy sativa from Mexico as their first experience from brickweed and then ran away screaming never to try it again and never even tried an indica. So, I mean, yeah. you, you never know how many people have just tried weed and then had an experience that could be vastly different, right? So as we educate the public and say like there's so many different types of highs and so many different types of potencies that can be adapted for someone who doesn't really want to get that high but just wants to have a mild sedative you know without just being well here's cbd you know like i think there can be these these percentages of, of effects and stuff and hopefully people will, will figure that out more from like a public perspective well i think that yeah I agree. So maybe hope, we're just dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. I think there's a, a shift uh, happening that uh, actually we can credit partially to burner and cookies being so lame that everybody right. went the other way. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, no, uh, that's dumb. I'm going to do this, you know? Uh, so, yeah. So I think there's a big shift happening as a result of, of, of the shitty market weed, honestly. Oh yeah, you get a cookies grinder. <laughs> it's really old. I got this one before I knew what the brand was because get the OG cookies <laughs> out here. We yeah, I think I, I think you got I before got it was uncool. Before I knew kind of the whole story, I just wanted a Santa Cruz shredder, and this was one of their partners' ones. And the mm -hmm. the uh, the head shop wherever I got it was a, like I don't know. Here's one. I was like, cool. And now I hate it. Like I look at it, I'm like. I think that's it. But it's a good Santa Cruz shredder. It's 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 stood with me for years and years, so I can't let it go. Yeah. It's so funny that 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 line between cannabis and the how passionate it is and it's a medicine and this commercial side of things. Cause I always I honestly I feel a little bit weird when we talk shit about burner because I haven't made a billion dollars. That's really fucking hard to do. So interesting, you know, but his angle on cannabis I think was total bullshit. So it's kind of like two different worlds where I don't want to just say the guy's an asshole just because, you know, but, uh, yeah, the weed, the weed sucked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's just watering down, right. Of anything. I don't know if it's specifically cookies or, or any of those products, but it's just at scale when, when you're trying to please everybody, it's not going to be any good, uh, for, for a boutique, right. If it's, yeah. That's like the definition of mids, right. Yep, everybody's totally. more or less happy with it. It's a good Miller Light. <laughs> yeah, we call well, that I, he's the Miller Light of weed. And uh, they, I guess that's not cool to Miller Light. 
<laughs> the whole multi-state operators too, like they, uh, now granted I'm not endorsing it, but it is clever what they did when they figured out how to sort of franchise genetics and make money from multiple states under one brand. I mean, that was, that was pretty clever. Um, but I think that's about to blow wide open. Like, I don't know, with the federal legalization thing in the next few years, I, mean, I would say five years at least, they're going to do that. And there's like semi trucks waiting at the border of every state full of flour waiting to go to other states, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it feels like we, yeah, I, I, I felt like that eventuality was, was definitely going to happen. Now I'm not so sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we'll see, you know. Uh, now I just, I guess I'm also just in the same perspective as most, where it's just the black market's like inevitable and probably better than the gray market, let's say, not black market, market, but yeah, boutique, however you want to call yeah. it. Like Your the farmer at the market that's not, you know, that's just taking cash. Absolutely. Carrots. And like my tone may make me sound like I'm stoked about it. I just, I, I'm not, but I just find it fascinating to think about that, the whole market side of things. But I, I agree that like what we're doing or what we try to promote and what like a lot of the home growers that we know are, you know, about keeping the medicine alive and keeping that passion for it, you know, but. Yeah. Well, I just like to see everybody able to grow enough at scale to do the amount of RSO that everybody needs to cure all this cancer, you know, like mm -hmm. the, the hard part is, you know, I have a friend that I've been helping out with PTSD. He's a vet. And uh, he's been able to get off booze and, and some of his anxiety and sleep medicine thanks to cannabis that I'm helping him out with. Um, and it turns out that he has a, a form of blood cancer uh, that they just found recently. So, I mean, part of me wants to say, hey, I got you with RSO, figure that out. But the truth is that I just can't grow enough to really um, help him in that way unless he commits to kind of dig in himself right or his family or, or someone else in that way and so you kind of want to just be, teach a man to fish to everybody and be like we all mm -hmm. kind of need to start making this and have it more being like the honey that we pass around right to keep everyone healthy it's just yeah it's one of those things one the more you know it seems crazy we're not all making this for grandma yeah yeah, man. And like you said, people's attitudes are about it are different. I, I have a friend uh, who obviously, right. uh, who uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but basically doesn't, doesn't want to take it is doesn't have like a huge moral problem with it, but doesn't want to be high. And so I'm trying to explain like, there's ways where that's not necessary. And it's uncomfortable to tell people about suppositories, but it's like, Hey, if you do that, sure. you don't get high. And, uh, but even still, there's this kind of reluctance. And at a certain point I had to just stop. I was being pushy. So I had to kind of stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and she then too was like, Hey, you know, back off a little bit. But I was like, yeah. I'm just trying to help, you know, no but, means yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it is an interesting thing. You want to kind of shout it from the rooftops. You know, some people, yeah. it's one of those things where everyone, you know, you almost feel like you need, you want to help everyone, you know? And, but you know, some people they're just on a whole different thing. Like you just cannot, they need to come to it on their own and it's just how it has to be. Unfortunately. I mean, I've just come to realize that that's kind of how you have to look at it. Um, yeah, you could try, it's, it's, you could try, but 
you know. Well, you know, it'd be great. Somebody who's got the the money for this kind of a thing and the chutzpah to uh, to start a medical facility with and hire some, you know, credentialed doctors, pay them well, and attach it to a clean, legit medical grow facility and do RSO treatments the way they do chemo. Patients come in, they yeah. sit in the chair, they're comfortable, you know. You do the they whole did thing, that vertically in a whole thing, but uh, yeah. I have to chemo. You end up <laughs> end up falling off the roof somewhere. You did that, you know. Yeah, yeah. You would be you would be uh, or driving off uh, the freeway. Yeah, going missing. Yep. Well, yeah, exactly. Because it you would know, be it, it would work too well. And yeah. I, like I know That's, we're we're tinfoil hatters. Not but very expensive. I, I, I've heard a lot of people say the same opinion when you bring that idea up. They're like, oh, you know, there's this national subconscious undercurrent that the that that the cancer establishment is like a powerful mafia. Even if people like a cigarette smoking man, in the X Files. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Because in like with the oil industry, you know, they're mm -hmm. like cars that run on water. Do you want your throat cut? You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like yeah. that, that has that. Sorry, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> but that, that has that feeling with this too, where like, yeah, if somebody really did, because they, have you ever heard of, uh, Gers is it not, not Gerson? Uh, I can't remember his name. He's got a Polish name. He was a doctor who came up with this, uh, therapy, um, a chemical therapy that he had come up with, non-toxic, treating cancer, having huge results, wiping out brain cancer, stage four, all this kind of stuff. And he, they came at him so hard that he's in debt like 20 million from all these lawsuits and just time and years, you know, just pounding him into the ground. And that's how they do. I think once he was too public for them to like take care of with some sort of a mugging, you know, but that kind of shit goes down. I just think it's fascinating that that's sort of like a subconscious understanding that we have, you know, that is so well established. Yeah, I don't know if it's just our hyper capitalist awareness, you know, because just like that applies to everything, you know, like uh, the free market principle of yeah, get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, get out of the way. Well, fortunately too like with this with cannabis we're learning you know and pe people are learning more and more that it you it's something you can do now legally in many places and privately uh to yourself and sufficiently you know like like i think with you know i haven't done the numbers on this I, this would be interesting to sort of dial in is how much space and how many lights and how many plants do you need to generate the 60 grams of rso for like a full protocol is it two five right. by fives? You know, is it eight? Yeah, that, is it twelve? That would be yes. some good data to find out for yeah. sure. Because then, if right. you open people's eyes up to that and bring a, a cost metric to it, and say like, for okay, it's between the lights, the tent, all this stuff, your time, power bill, it's going to be twenty five hundred bucks until this is all said and done, you know, or something like that. Yeah, so, you know, it's a good way of looking yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. And then they figure out those those perfect multi strain. Uh, recipes but, yeah. uh, some of the those podcasts were talking about the most efficable rso was made from like a six strain uh amalgamation mm -hmm. you know they use six strains to create the rso but they they each had a certain um terpaline uh or, sorry a terpene that was uh efficable for that kind of cancer and so they were they were crafting them and tailoring them so yeah it would be awesome to see you know that kind of 
consideration actually applied, but yeah, it's all a pipe dream. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not profitable. Like he said, and yeah, the yeah. older I get, the more it's like not tinfoil hat. It's just like, well, yeah, we all work on profit. The tinfoil hat part is thinking we're all going to, yeah, make these communal farms. Like I'm talking about, that's a crazy yeah. conspiracy. Yeah. You know, like we're not geared that way. We just aren't. We're just so competitive in nature. And then America has just made it, you know, so societally normal. Yeah. And it's, but, uh, yeah, you're expecting that to be <laughs> right. Like, like what you're saying. Well, and the, and the hurdle, the hurdle of like, like it's, so it's coming to mind. You could say hypothetically in your town, because cancer's everywhere. Every town's got who, who knows how many people that have it right now, you know? So you could kind of go around and raise this awareness that a group of people could grow enough cannabis to, as a community, make oil, like you're saying, for all the people in that community that are sick. But the level of effort, like all the barriers that are in place to actually doing something like that is like insurmountable. Or else you just got to be that crazy guy who's knocking on everybody's door. Yeah, right. Well, <clears throat> I think some, I think a lot of people would be down. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I mean, look, if there's not, you know, you're not, you're not selling it. So you're not intruding on their marketplace, you know, and, and if it's something that can be legally exchanged and gifted between people, then there's no reason to not organize and do that. But the organizing I think is the hard part. Yeah. You know, and then people's, uh, hangups, you know, and of course then like you would want sterile procedures, you know, if you had somebody growing, you would want to make sure that they were, organic and certain things that they were not using for the grow. And so there, there, there need to be some standards around that. So it's a, it's a tricky one, I think, but there's yeah. something in there that that's possible. <clears throat> like you're saying, like, could you have a community garden where like one of the greenhouses off to the side is all cannabis and the rest of the place is food. I think after maybe 20 years or 30 years of this, you know, I think it's going to be irrefutable that enough people have, have actually cured cancer and say like i did this and it caused this here's the data here's the charts here's you know like here's the grow metrics or whatever you know one of us could be doing that and i think once that starts to come out i think it it will see either that's you know starting to get silenced or just so much of it comes out that it can't can't get quiet and then hopefully you'd see that kind of sea change happen that'd be awesome I, I think another. Yeah, I'm also a pessimist. <laughs> I think an, I feel you. And I think enough patients have hit a wall with their doctors that that's also pretty commonly known, so that uh, you know people know that like they're not going to cross that barrier and get it all documented in that way medically, you know, so to speak. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, it it is. It's. I think that that uh what am i trying to say the event horizon of people knowing more about that is kind of happening now um but that it's not it's not spreading that fast because of that because we know because i know if i talk about it like are you cool you know are you a white coat <laughs> no, all yeah. that. like uh right. so but it, it it really is everywhere i mean like i, I so there's one friend of mine that's here is a uh, in the local area as a caregiver he's got at least the last i was aware of like 12 remissions under his belt so that's one guy you know so like yeah, if you just awesome. exponentially spread that out i'm I, I bet you that right now that is the case throughout a lot of the country where there are communities 
because there's caregivers set up everywhere. And if they're not, then they're just people growing in any way and, and doing this and giving it to cancer patients. Like, I think what we hear on cannabis health radio is maybe, you know, like a sliver of the whole picture of all the people that are doing it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's definitely inspired me to, you know, inspired and given an excuse for, for my obsession too. you know, like how, how do you, how do you scale up um, benevolently, I guess, you know, like it's not, that I want to scale up to possibly make a business out of it. Although, yeah, um, money for the effort is great, but um, it's basically like, what is, like you said, when you start making concentrates or RSO, what scale do you need? But yeah, um, it would be exciting to, to have the opportunity for sure. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, like just teaching people how to do it themselves, uh, you know, I think is probably the first step. And then just learning about it in the first place and hearing all the stories and stuff like that. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So I think I think there's a lot of us that are obsessed enough to say, like, well, what else can we do with this? That's not just, you know, enjoying our grow and, and sharing some smoke with friends. But like that's not saying like, all right, I love this. I'm going to make a business out of it. I think there's a middle ground somewhere there where it's like, what can we do a little bit more? And I think like the homestead idea is like homestead is you grow for yourself. And then once you get so good at it, it turns into a farmstead, which is you're growing for yourself. And then you sell your extras. It's not like you're living off of that, but you're getting a little bit extra. So I think that's like, something I hope that the community would, would steer to once all the bullshit ebbs over, you know, that's probably like 50 years away, you know, once we get over the hype and, and like the old black market prices kind of fall out. Right. Cause yeah. eventually we're going to have to say, this is crazy <laughs> when mm-hmm. after like, I don't know, for, for me, you know, it's like, it's not that hard to, to get a pretty good deal, you know, like, it's not a ton of work. We love the work, but I mean, and I think once more and more people realize that, yeah, you can get a decent amount from a plant on your porch that that people shouldn't also be getting gouged at the dispo for medicine that can't grow their stuff. You know, it's, I mean, I, I don't have a dispo to, <laughs> to go check, but I, I see some terrible THCA flower down the street. You know, I wouldn't want to buy it. Um, <laughs> You know, like once once things normalize um, down to the tomato kind of prices, maybe not tomato prices, but like a a nice orchid, yeah, <laughs> like something heard, in the middle value there. I heard stories. Apparently, there was this golden area in or golden era in Switzerland uh, that I think was in like the nineties or the early two thousands, where um, cannabis was legal like tomatoes and there were clones at grocery stores that were labeled you know sour diesel white rhino all this kind of stuff and that you could just go get them and they they had you know official labels and everything and then you'd be taking the train through like the swiss countryside and there'd be fields of like ak-47 just there because you could just do that and then uh i don't want to fuck up the story but there was a whole thing about like the pope got wind of it and then they, then like the church came in and influenced the Swiss government, and like it all kind of went from there. <laughs> they got rid of that. Well, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> because I think it was because there was a lot of uh, exports going into Italy, and so then okay. it became an issue with the church. They were like, "Where's all this weed coming from? <laughs> Switzerland, you know?" 
<laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. But yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, it it should be that way. It should be on the level of a tomato. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, yeah. If it, yeah, I mean, that's what LK Alex was saying, right? Is like seed the rivers and and normalize, but yeah, and just re repopulate it everywhere. It's yeah. crazy that that we've managed to eradicate it for how for how voracious it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. How different it can look. You know, it's kind of weird that it's that it isn't in more places. Like I'm really interested in like the Kentucky land races and seeing like some of the 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 North American hemp varieties and stuff just because it was being cultivated. Mm-hmm. You know, like fourteen foot hemp sounds awesome. I'd love to see that. Uh, yeah. I mean, part of me is also just in love with the plant and wants to know, like, well, is there opportunity to actually get into material or seed or oil, you know, at at, at a more agricultural level? Um, and a lot of what needs to happen is just the, the middleware, you know, like um, North Carolina just opened up its first hemp manufacturing facility, um, I think, on the East Coast. Um, which will provide a middle um, platform for all the hemp farmers to actually go into fiber for the first time in, I don't know, 100 years in the U.S., I think, on this side. Um, So just more and more manufacturing facilities need to pop up and and be available to take your your processed, um, what is it, herd, I think is the term? To when you Sorry. grow the, the full crop, you take it and they can process it out and give you the the price for weight. And a lot of corn farmers can make quite a bit more money doing something like that. And it wouldn't be so like the hemp green rush where everyone thought they'd make money making CBD flour. You know, they could probably have made half as good of money if there was manufacturing for fiber set up and we had an opportunity for it or hemp crete. Mm-hmm. is really fascinating stuff so there's so many opportunities that that we could get excited about if we could get over some bullshit that hempcrete dude it's cool that stuff you can't it's light neat. on fire yeah shit's badass yeah insulation properties I think <laughs> too yeah mm-hmm. no that is the yeah. uh, that is the thing like you know so the, the capitalist thing is the thing that we're in so uh, at least at the moment to make it widespread, we got to find something that sort of works within that. And I think that's what you're saying that they're trying to like, let's work with the market and see how we can make it profitable for people. Then more people will do it. You know, I think there's a lot of room for innovation and investors and, and all the, the usual hyper capitalism. If we, if we let them loose on like fiber and, and seed oil and, and things like that, if, if federal regulations let up, you know, like yeah, if suddenly you deschedule and you turn that into just a normal agricultural product and you, cause it is, but it's just a pain in the ass to do it so that no one, there's no money right now. But if you take all the, all the red tape out and you allow these middle uh, manufacturing facilities to come up, that would allow that processing to happen. Then maybe there could be innovation. You know, we could start making more clothes and fiber and, concrete and mm-hmm. houses mm-hmm. all sorts of shit you know mm-hmm. things we need oh, yeah totally cheap and remediate the land at the same time right because it pulls out heavy metals 
yeah. so we could remediate all the cornfields that we've been, <laughs> you know, ruining and then well, make concrete out of it. The win-win. Well, that's the, yeah. that's the part for any, like, I guess I'll just say, like, truth seeker type of person that breaks your heart is that, yeah, we could be, like, really good. You know, we... <laughs> We, we mm -hmm. could be running everything on water for fuel. We could be keeping yeah. the ground with hemp. We could be healing our bodies. Everybody would be fine. All our families would be happy. Like, we could totally do that. Getting our electric these, from the ether. We just have these pests. There's a timeline somewhere, you know, that, that took that. Oh, yeah. Getting, getting, the, getting the electric from the ether. <laughs> right. Well, we have these. From the atmosphere. We have these pesky psychopaths. This is what I think. They kind of keep that, <laughs> keep all those possibilities at bay. Yeah, God damn it. The shame. <laughs> damn shame, dude. And you know, you say human nature too, but I don't know if it's all that. I think it's it's it has something to do with that, like we'll just say like evil in our world, if you want to put it that way. The dark <clears throat> energy. Yeah. yeah. I think we've just done a really good job of convincing everybody that, you know, this current little one hundred year blip of America is a is how it has always been, how it should be, and how it will always be you know like <laughs> there's a lot of things that are just irrefutable right now in, in american society like that's just how it is it's like well that's not really just how it is and it hasn't been like that for very long all this shit has just been put together since world war ii like that's not really a, a valid excuse and that's applied to just about everything you know yeah. much more. it's fine that's just what we do we you know there's a lot of strange things that are causing strange things <laughs> yeah <laughs> that we think well, are normal and we're still in like we're fully in the throes of like where the industrialists took over food production like a hundred years ago so we're still in yeah. that, we don't have know. any like yeah. hard data yeah there hasn't been enough generations of like oh yeah that's what happened. i like how i don't know if you're familiar with the comedian jimmy Dore. he calls it end stage <laughs> capitalism which makes a lot of sense right. to me. yeah it is kind of like that well, I am familiar. I can't quote worth a damn, especially now after all the sense of <laughs> But um, so I, I know a lot of you guys have grown Night Owl. Um, I think that's when I started uh, getting off of Reddit and into Discord and Instagram, I guess, is when the Mephisto community kind of started getting a little, I don't know, the, let's just say the Reddit community. I won't say the Mephisto community, but the Reddit community started being a little nonsense. And I ended up getting into the, I guess, the smaller communities that were um, a little bit more serious about about growing and, and, uh, and, and less posturing, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was Night Owl maybe the night owl reddit that kind of led me to some strong community members and then where they were going and then i drug myself back on instagram to find some other cool people and i think i found some of this community through that but i really credit uh daz and night owl for i guess bringing a little bit more community to autoflowers specifically oh, yeah. where i know mefesto definitely led the charge of of legitimizing but i think somehow what daz has done has brought a lot of people together um, through his genuine uh, craft. Yep, yep. Like, I really like to sport a lot of the, 
the smaller names, but I, I really can't say like Night Owl and Daz is huge because like we said, Autumn Flowers are a niche and then Daz is a niche below that too. So I would just say I appreciate the Night Owl crew. Totally. Well, that and uh, I don't know if he does or who does his uh, branding and illustration, but that like that is a super effective vehicle for what you're talking about. Like, I think that was a oh, big yeah. part of him spreading it to everybody. Cause he looks cool. You know? Yeah. Like he, ho- he hooks you up. Yeah. So Juan, I think it's his graphic design partner. Right. But yeah. It, as a, um, as a graphic designer by trade, uh, I've always been impressed and, and also been like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Like it's, uh, it's yeah. great marketing. Um, it's clever and, and he played into the drop uh, hype at that time. You know, the uh, the drop scene was really big when he was coming out. Um, and I think it kind of has shaped the seed scene since, but especially with all the slaps and the, the gear and the, the branding and stuff, he's done really good. Um, yeah, excellent, excellent branding. All the swag. Yeah, mm-hmm. like well, it's a little bit much for me now, but um, I think it drove a lot of exposure towards, you know, towards what he was doing, and and then like celebrated the the hobbyist and, and home grade. It definitely made it me uh, made me jump on a couple of his drops just because I knew I was getting all the stickers and the ashtray yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. the chocolate yeah. and like all yeah. those shit, man. Same mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. But- yeah, I think it facilitated exactly what you're talking about. He was able to spread auto flowers yeah. use, because of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And they're and they're great. I mean, they're great genetics. I I don't think I've ever oh, yeah. a bad night owl. Yeah, you can't go it. wrong with night owl. Yeah. yeah, you can't go wrong. The star fox I grew, I grew two of them, and the yield was just. I I was growing a mega crop at the time, but I mean I. I felt like I wasn't trying with those. I think I got the six ounces off each of them just by ignoring them. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that happened with that purple pope for me. Those were two seven ounce plants that I didn't have yeah. that hard at. Yeah. Yeah. The purple I have pope. a purple pope F2 going right now. Super excited about it. It's just now starting to flip over into flower. And I haven't done any LST training in a long time. And I bent this one all the way over and, and, uh, defoliated all the bud sites and i'm excitedly waiting for it to explode cool. it's in that like just before uh it flips like i can tell it's just about to flip mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um but it's got that the anvil genes in it is definitely slowing it down so i was like i know this plant well enough that i can i know it has a longer veg so i've just been really training it out um because I have a Larry OG auto in there that's almost done. And they were both popped at the same time. That thing's so fast. And the purple pope is still just lazily vegging. Yeah. 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 I think mine went 110, 115, something like that. Yeah. Mine the same way. Yeah. Anvil. Yeah. I, yeah. It's definitely yeah. Anvil. Friggin' Anvil. I, I went crazy when uh, <laughs> when Dan, Jimmy, and, and him were all the talk around when they, when they were doing the partnership and I bought up everything. I was like, I'm going to get the anvil and the black strap and the purple Pope. And then I got like the purple Pope F2 again later and yeah, a couple other yeah. ones. And I grew out like purple Pope, the black strap and the anvil and the anvil. I was like, I couldn't like, 
I couldn't get it to even crystal up. It was just really leafy. Um, and I just hated the turps. It was a beautiful plant. Um, and then the black strap was just the darkest purple I've ever had. And it was a beautiful, beautiful plant and huge yield. Um, that was brother Mendel's collab one, mm-hmm. uh, with, with gnome or, uh, Mandalorian. Uh, but it tasted like, uh, ocean water or like it had the real, like <laughs> earthy terps. Yeah. And it's definitely earthy. The effect's and, like, great. Peppery. Yeah. Peppery is the anvil. Is the, that's what I get to. Yeah. So I don't know. Ooh. I'm growing out of the purple pub again. A little bit of card. I like the wizard's apprentice side. I think it balances it out. Totally. Did they have a, uh, they had a new collab that came out recently, didn't it? Night Owl and Dan, and no, yeah, yeah, they did a that Star Fox, um, Mothman. That, that mm-hmm. sounds great. Mm-hmm. I like that Dan was uh, breeding towards outdoor resistances and and mm-hmm. really pushing to get more traditional photo period growers putting them into greenhouses because I just, I don't see that as much. And I still just want to see like a greenhouse just packed out with yeah. gnome automatics, you know, or, yeah. and I know there are people doing it. I just don't see it as much. And, uh, uh there's a local guy, um, a hemp grower in the CBD side that's interested in, in figuring out autos to pepper in. And I've just been sharing some information and it's amazing how, how little a lot of people on that side of the fence know about where autos are. Um, yeah, it's, totally. It's fun. it's fun being the bit of a cheerleader on that side. Be like, no, it's, you know, they're great. And it's like, like, oh, like an ounce plan. It's like, no, like seven. And like, you're in a greenhouse. So probably like 12. And it's like, what? And then <laughs> I was like, check out this autopotamus guy. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and yeah, it's just changing minds like overnight. And it, it's, it's great. I think it's, it's even, just fun to be on like the the side that nobody really cares about. I guess That's yeah, underdog personality. <laughs> I think even at an ounce of plant, even if they're small plants, there's a case for if you're doing photos outside. See a grain. You could do a whole crop of autos before the photos even start flipping, and cut them out. Yeah, of it and yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be fun to try. I've been wanting to try the the greenhouse breeding thing, like like Dan was doing, and take some of my strains I'm working on and put them in a greenhouse, basically just let them open pollinate. And at the end of the season, see which one isn't moldy, you know, that's kind of where my head's at. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun to try. So you're getting into, to breeding more from kind of the experimental. Yeah. See what happens and like yep. be able to have some seed stock. Cause that's, that's how exciting started. to be able to like, yeah, have a field of something as opposed to like five feminized seeds that yeah. you can't fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, regs are laborious to deal with all the time, you know, and having to do that call the males kind of stage and book planting in a small space and that kind of thing. But, uh, I wouldn't, uh, you know, the whole, like, are you, or are you not a breeder? So whatever. But I, I definitely am like just trying to make seeds for myself, but I have two projects that have like an intention right mm-hmm. now as far as like clear goals for what I'm shooting for. So it's been fun to do. Yeah. I'm just now trying to dabble and yeah, just to learn. And I guess kind of have that empathy training, right. Of like, all right, this is what the breeders that I respect are doing. Here's what 
they're going for and like here's what i could do that would be fresh you know so i think as i learn i'm trying to understand like the photo to auto conversion but then also what is the like land race uh effects that i want to bring into i'm very interested in, in chasing that 90s duration um i remember getting high for like six hours you know and just like not being able to sit up and i think that a lot of that was from like a lot of the mexican strains um but I, it was a lot of like beasters and you know unnamed hydro uh mm -hmm. in the south you know if you got anything green it was just like green crack or bc so i don't know but what i'm most interested is just yeah like i i just don't seem to be able to stay as high and i, I don't think that's a tolerance thing i think it's a mm. i think it's something that we lost but i'm curious now with some of the land race stuff it's exciting to see so much of that coming back or at least people looking for older effect and it does seem like it's not just um a few of us dabbling in that like it does seem like you, what you were talking about a rejection of kind of the hype the cookies or yeah totally you know the mediocre just the, the normal whatever's blase but it looks like it's nice and divergent almost like what happened with the music streaming right it's like where there isn't almost said genres anymore where when we grew up it was like you have these eight genres that were decided yeah. by the music industry it's like now that it's kind of more democratic and there's bedroom producers going on and there's people like mixing and mashing all sorts of different styles yeah there's so much diversity going on that there won't be able to be like pigeonholed strain archetypes you know and i think that allows a lot of opportunity for people growing boutique to to be able to present interesting things you know and have mm -hmm. space to do creative stuff Totally. Well, I think, I mean, look at all the seed companies or seed sellers on the market, you know, there's tons and that's gotta be just a tiny sliver of all the people that are actually breeding and making crosses. Um, like, I think we've talked about this a little bit before that, like, like we all started growing during the lockdowns, basically. I think since then that the number of strains and crosses and genetic potential has like just mandel broadened out you know because all these people are doing all these different things and i've already seen so um it Eros, yeah from oh, instagram i can't Canadian. get enough of it i know my favorite one <laughs> he's so fun so amazing but he so i mean i know he's been doing it for longer than this but he guess i guess it was like kind of spreading in popularity a few years ago maybe four three four years mm -hmm. ago around that time and since then i've already seen a ton of people online working with his stuff and saying this is an outcross of this or that and so those genetics are already here and spreading around you know and that's just one yeah. example so i think it's it's happening and then you got scott mccormick you know the old activist and he's came out with ag seed company so he's releasing nl5 and all these old strains and stuff yeah it's happening yeah. now pretty much yeah it's it's amazing and i know i've been posting in your uh, heirloom genetics channel and the kind of running joke in there is like every time one of us posts something it's a bad a bad idea because one of us will pop on it i know i popped on yeah. the hash plant hb13 from csi humboldt after listening to a podcast and being like well this guy is an institution 
like every time I learn about someone like Snow High or someone like uh, um, now I'm blanking on it. Uh, High and Lonesome, yeah, uh, with the Appalachian. <laughs> of course, that it hits my heartstrings. But then I also realize that I've probably smoked a lot of uh, uh, Shoreline. Uh, sure. that he read and so yeah every time i hear a story like that I'm like well i gotta go you know you gotta go get some wire those uh, <laughs> yeah so you can't listen to too much of that stuff but yeah uh, i think i think you're right i think there's so much at play now that's coming out of the woodwork right like i picked up hb13 because the story was that it was like this fabled clone that like was fought after and and you know hid away and, and secreted and uh, you know, it was just this myth of legend. And now we have it available that they've reversed and feminized it. You know, it's like it was the backbone of so many mythical strains. Um, and now just a couple of bums can order some some seeds and, and you know, mix it in with, with some autoflower genetics. And that's, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's an exciting time. And mm -hmm. wild and crazy, we'll find out. Yeah. And, uh, totally. Yeah. I'm curious to see where it goes. I don't know if that's, that hasn't really got that stuff is all like in the growers world right now. Hasn't really got into like the right. market. Yeah. Yeah. Man. How, how's everyone feeling right now? Pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you? You guys been ripping your cartas over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah We've been down here in the corner. Just, just killing it. <clears throat> feeling pretty good my, man feeling pretty good my knockoff mobius straight oh, from uh oh. hk hk mark cool nice uh, have you guys ever ordered off any of the the straight from uh my hong kong or straight from shenzhen what was it like called hk mark i think hk yeah something like that yeah yeah he's getting knives like, there, I think. it's like where the gas stations order all of their glassware yeah, yeah. from you know in Baltimore, uh -huh. and they're like what quantity do you want? You, you know, you yeah. want a hundred plus, 200 plus of that bong? Like just one. <laughs> and they're like, okay, you can have just one. We're like, okay. And it's like $20. And they're like, what famous glassware do you want to rip off today? And you're like, well, I feel awful, but I would love a $20 Mobius. And it's a great, <laughs> it's funny because like, I think like your listeners won't be able to understand yeah. this, but you see, it's kind yeah. of like a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. it's like it's like the they size. didn't get the scale right but the the thickness is really nice and it's actually great because it's kind of like a mini ball uh, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, yeah i dig it i dig it cool but yeah you can get great glass for for next to nothing directly from china so i don't know if i support that at all i probably <laughs> shouldn't be repping that but yeah uh, I think I got. I think I got I've some switch blades. I support local glass blowers first, but then if you need your daily drivers, you know, like I think we all pick up the gas station pieces. It's it's just funny for me to like. Well, let's cut out the middleman gas station and just go directly to the supplier. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right to the source. Oh man, it's okay. None of my friends will make it this far into the episode to hear me. Make an ass out of myself at the end of it. <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. <laughs> I think people are always waiting for like, like there's going to be like a bonus few minutes, you know? That's true. I listened to you guys all the way through. So yeah, yeah, when you're chuckling, if anybody's still listening, it's, it's usually me on my lawnmower. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging in. <laughs>
Yeah, there's a few people here and there that reference deep cuts from like the last 10 minutes of an episode. I'm like, damn. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um um at, well at this point we're all obliterated. Uh, <laughs> I believe I believe we we're at two hour mark, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, not bad. Wow. Time just like warp speeded ahead, didn't it? That sure did. Yeah, I'm I'm toasted. To, yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I can keep talking. I'm, I can keep talking. I mean, I'm at that point now where I can just keep going. So I feel more like a listener now because I'm just chilling. Well, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's why I'm so anxious to continue because I'm just so into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Hey, are you a Grove bag guy or a jar guy? Uh, that's a good question. I am now a Grove bag guy nice. through and through. I've been rocking them for probably a year now. Nice. maybe over a year um yeah they're great uh honestly i'm really anti-plastic in my life and in general so it took me a while to say okay i'll give it a shot but yeah um i had so many jars just clanking together it's annoying it got yeah. ridiculous and annoying and i just can't put them anywhere and uh so yeah i tried it and it makes a lot of sense it's like the lettuce technology you know yeah I mean, yeah, it's, they're hassle-free. No-brainer. Yeah, no, no burping, you know, it just makes my life way easier. So, yeah, just yeah. I, I dry for like 7 to 10, I guess 10 to 14 days probably now, and 60, 60 ideal, but probably more like 10 degrees either way. No, um, yeah, mine's, oh, mine's, mine's normally like 70, 60. Yeah, that's usually what i get for the most part and then but it works. I just pop it I just bucket straight in uh into there and just ignore it and yeah it's great they're awesome too great because i uh i i just pulled one out actually as i was going through my bags and i was like oh i grew that i forgot because <laughs> when you don't like take them out and burp them all and you're like oh i can't wait for this one and burp and burp mm -hmm. and burp and burp and like a crazy person my wife is like, all you do is just take your jars out and look in them and mm -hmm. put them back. It's like, no, you have to burp mm -hmm. them every time. But mm -hmm. it just looks like you're just looking at weed and putting it back. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Obsessive person. So, yeah, I don't have to do that anymore, which is great. But I also forget what I have. Yeah. Do, yeah you put a like, do you put a meter in each one? No, I don't anymore. I, I did for the first bag. And, yeah, it was fine. It was like 62. Yeah. Or, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, I stopped putting meters in my bags too. I did when I, I first got them just so jars. I could like monitor it, but mm -hmm. yeah, they're good. You don't that's need no I, meters. Yeah, that's what I'm starting yeah. to figure that out. They I'm all like, die. I don't even need them. Yeah. Yeah. I have a battery once from Amazon and the jars, and they've all, I think they've all, all just about broke now. Yeah. Do one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which we found out, we found out, I think uh, Monster uh, brought it to everyone's attention in the community that they will run off of one battery. Mm -hmm. so you can, you can take one out. Like a daisy chain up. That's great. Yeah. And just take one battery out. Boom. You can just use one instead of two and it'll still work. Yes. And yeah. then you can just pop it back in. When the other one. <laughs> and what it, my life goal for sure. Like I remember hearing on the podcast once Bodhi uh she so has this um drying room like a uh temp and humidity controlled room 
where all his plants are just hanging on like rails with hangers like neatly organized so you can just kind of walk through and like pick buds oh yeah you know they're all just kind of in stasis in there god that'd be great (laughs) i've been you're working on it yeah well i've been daydreaming (laughs) about that lately like if i were to ever build a house it would definitely like the whole basement would be dedicated to like you know there'd be like different rooms and then a dry room and a you know hell yeah he doesn't have any of them labeled yeah <laughs> if i remember listening yeah to he, he just knows what they are that's a wild detail. <laughs> yeah that's great yeah apparently he's got like hundreds of plants hanging and he just knows what they all are and he can go that's like, amazing try this one yeah yeah and just long long dry and they're all sativas <laughs> <laughs> or a lot of his stuff is sativas, right yeah yeah what but, i understand yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm a, something awesome. I want to tell y'all. Go check, uh, go check the um, Discord group message that we made for this episode. All three of you. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. Oh. I got yeah. something. Or this Bendy's? It, it's like a continuation of last episode. This what's happening? Is that your 3D printer? Oh, you bought one? Yeah, oh, dude. Cool. Hell yeah, nice, dude. dude. Cool. Dude, I cool, did. Man. Nice. Yep, yep, yep. So, and a uh, buddy of mine fancy. bought, buddy of mine bought my old one, and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's I went ahead and just sexy pulled the trigger. Yeah, dude, I ended up going with the uh, A one, uh, Bamboo Lab A one. Awesome, man. Cool. So you can print me some training clips. Oh yeah, most definitely. I've never used those. I should try that out. Yeah, man, this is such a big upgrade from my last one. Uh, my last one was just like a, a Ender three. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, this is this is this is a big upgrade, dude. Technology's Ooh. changed so much. Actually, I do have something for you to try. What's that? Been wanting to try to three D print some architectural details, like dental oh. on a fireplace. You know, little pieces. No, oh. I'll send you something. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Cool. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It is. It's a lot of fun. I uh, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, and this one's cool because man, I got four. I can print four colors now per print so i can just like color it in the slicer and then send it boom and then it'll actually switch filament it bleeds it off switches nuts dude technology dude <laughs> unreal dude tech is crazy right now it is it it's, is it's getting off the chain yeah like i've been messing with the... yeah go ahead. oh i've been messing with vr lately and it's you know it's still bleeding edge so it's still kind of lame some of it but it's pretty wild. It's wild, like where it's headed, and like Meta just partnered with Ray Ban, and they have some oh, wow. AR Ray Ban glasses that are coming out, so that you can, you know, just do your shit, and it's all up there, Minority Report style, in your field of view. Jesus, damn. damn. Yeah, it's, it's not gonna coming. Be, yeah, yeah, it's not. It'll gonna, definitely be on contact. Apple's got one coming too. Yeah, but with that, with the integration with thirty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, like with everyday glass kind of integration you're going to see people walking through the grocery store, like looking at the shelves and getting all the readouts for what they're Jesus. looking at, you know, <laughs> yeah, oh, man, but it's just going to, it's going to fucking turn our brains to mush. I'm convinced. Cause mm-hmm. you don't have to think about anything. You'd be like, what is that? And it'll just read out as long as, you know, the grid is up and the, the internet is up. I was reading an interesting article um, about the, I, I don't remember what the product's called, but it's a, a couple of ex-Apple engineers that have invented this, like a 
like the Star Trek Telecom, basically, that has a little touch thing, but it's AI driven. It's voice. Yep. Their their thing is that we paradigm shifted so quick and so fast towards usable tablet phones that are ubiquitous and everybody has one and everybody can't imagine it going away from it. But they're like, well, we did that so quickly that we're also so we are also really prone to it's possible that we could all shift away from having a big screen in our face all the time, too, and and do something that's more like AI driven and screenless is what they're saying. Yep. And they're basically just saying that we pivot really quickly. So don't say that. How can you possibly imagine, you know, not having a, a phone device, you know, yeah. um, because before we couldn't imagine doing what we were doing now. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully less screens. Less screens, man. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the EMP attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I had an Oculus uh, Oculus Rift pre-order, the original one, like on pre-order for a couple of years, and my PC was like kind of pretty much okay, ready to go, yeah. and uh, I saw that pre-order, and the baby kept getting closer, and the pre-order kept getting closer, and it kind of reached a, a singularity there where it was like, okay, the baby's coming, and the VR is coming out, but there's no way in hell I can get a VR and, and have a baby at the same time. So I canceled that pre-order and I never got to try the Oculus. <laughs> so one day I'll get to strap it in, but I, I'm still confident in the fact that there's no way in hell I could get away with uh, strapping a VR on right now. Mm -hmm. It would be a great escape yeah. if I could now. But it's interesting. In the middle yeah. of the night, I just fall asleep. Yeah. It's just one of those sleep machines. It would be a investment for me. Unfortunately, conscious about and like, uh, like nerdy about the EMF and where but yeah, I can't do it for more than like 15, 20 minutes, but it's like strapping 10 phones to your head. You know? Yeah. It's pretty intense. Sure. Like I downloaded a game and it says 30 gigabytes and this is on your temples, you know, streaming in <laughs> over the Wi-Fi. like, holy fuck. So, yeah, yeah, it's not something I'm going to do every day for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, put it that well, way, it's kind of turns uh, you away from it. Dude, the EMF's a real thing. That's so ubiquitous now. Like, and that's, I think that's really messing with people at a level that we're not. Fully dude, aware. how about the lack of, uh, I hear it once again, this is your uh, <laughs> monthly uh, chemtrail report. Uh, zero clouds that were real today. I just want to point out zero, not one. I've been looking all day, not one. And it was very cloudy, quote unquote, but not one of them was uh, was nothing other than a chemtrail. I swear to God, yeah. dude, all day yeah. I've been paying attention. I believe you, <laughs> and it's uh, it's wild, and it's it, especially how windy it was too. Yeah, I wasn't paying frozen attention. Yeah, it's it's so strange, man. It just creeps. Just a pancake cloud just creeps. It all comes together and just. I know Locks last the night the sky was clear, dude. There weren't no clouds or nothing. Yeah. You see all the stars last night? Yeah, it was a lot. It was wild. Crystal clear. I haven't seen the sky like that in a while. Yeah. Speaking of sky shit, do you see the jellyfish UFO thing? Yeah. No. No. It's just, what, so, it's what? just so weird. It looks just like the Star Wars droid. What psyop is this? Like the Hoth, the droid. It was what? Like in... uh. Iran or something like that? Over, they, over, 
in Iraq over a U.S. Iraq, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't no, think I've seen I this. Seen that. Yeah, I don't know how you haven't seen it? I mean, it's all over Instagram. Yeah, look up jellyfish UFO. You'll see it for sure. It's it, crazy I don't know looking. why they're saying jellyfish. It looks like a droid, but I mean, I kind of get it, I guess. But yeah, it's it's a weird one. Roger, Roger. I, I heard a pretty good explanation of how it's not a screen artifact. And uh, it's compelling, interesting. But dude, there's been so many of things like that. People forget not, I think it was not even 10 years ago, maybe a little, maybe 11 years ago, uh, over Jerusalem. There was a giant white orb that came down over the Temple Mount and then like went and then took off. And it was filmed by like, you know, everybody around. Oh, yeah. Once. I remember that. It was a huge thing. Like, okay. So <laughs> the idea that any of this is strange anymore, I think, is is funny. It's, it's getting way more normalized. But it's been going on on a massive scale for quite a while. Unreal. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's all PSYOP. Hey, this is a really nice picture, by the way, early bird. I'm really stoked on your photos. Yeah. Are you finally getting caught up on Instagram? Yeah, I haven't looked at <laughs> I haven't looked in like yeah, two no, years. You'll see the uh, jellyfish thing in our, our group chat. I'm looking for it. It's in there. I know, I'm, not, I'm not caught up with that. <laughs> oh, man, I've been watching those uh, my lunch break videos. They're pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he's, he's uh, engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Did, wait, hold up. Did you, did you go down the Tartaria rabbit hole yet? Yeah, yeah a little. It's, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's definitely like I, I love conspiracy yeah. as entertainment. And I grew up on those disinformation company books that like you were being lied to. They're oh, big okay. and like Barnes and Noble. There are these huge, hefty tomes. Yeah. And the ancient, the forbidden archaeology one or ancient archaeology, it was great. Um, but yeah, the, the really old, um, history stuff is fascinating to me like oh, why old uh old kingdom egypt is way better uh like technologically and carving like artistically speaking um like mathematically better than than new kingdom egypt like as time went on they got worse yeah and their pottery was like like mechanically precise mechanically to, like, impossible yeah yeah, and carved out of like diorite, which is second to diamond. Is that black? Um, the the black stone that all the really beautiful statues are carved out of in the in some of the museums from the old kingdom that are like impeccably carved. They look like soapstone. It's like the second hardest stone. Um, yeah, and they all have like a perfect golden ratio. Stuff. Yeah, that yeah, that vase. The, the, the vases. Yeah, the, the vases. Yeah, the, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's a great rabbit hole. Yeah, you got to uh, check that out. Check out the well, old how they were like a perfect circle, and the yeah, lids like they were like and curved. Yeah, yeah. and the like lids did, fit perfectly on them. They did well, their analysis of all the proportions and stuff. They were all perfect. Like they could, yeah, they could barely have it. even been machined. Yeah, they yeah. 3D, they three D printed it. Really, you can't roll right exactly. So it would have to be manufactured. That's the yeah. thing. Is like it, it's an additive sculpture. So it's like we'd have to make it on a pottery wheel. Um, because the curve as it comes, the inward lip yeah. is like you couldn't laser cut in it and under the way they've done it is like wow. someone came in with their fingers and smoothed it out. Unreal. But yeah, it's fascinating stuff. I also like those stones in the desert that point to specific the uh, galaxies and yeah. they're proportionally accurate. 
based on the distance we are to that galaxy that, that they're pointing at. Mm-hmm. And they wow. didn't know what they were until like 80 years ago. They're like, oh, what, what is this pile of rocks? Anyways, that's probably extremely <laughs> factually inaccurate. But um, yeah, we, like we, we didn't have just... enough science to understand those proportions until yeah. we, in, you know, until like the 70s, where we were like, holy shit, that's Alpha Centauri and it's, you know, 38 million light years away. And that's equal to the proportion that this rock is that's pointing to it. You know, that's, that's crazy shit. It is wild. It's the little stuff, you know, the, the the uncelebrated stuff that that is really mind blowing. You know, like the obvious stuff is crazy, but like the, the little stuff that people are like walking by and we're like, ah, eh, it's nothing. And you're like, yeah, yeah it's, it's everything. It's pointing to all these galaxies really accurately. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely something. Yeah, I love it. No, yeah, I mean, no, I, I eat it up. Yeah, the, I, it's fun. I love it too. Like we were talking about in the last one about the Tartaria stuff. Like it's so. Yeah mind bendy that's the fun part of it i i just sort of let myself get into that space like this right. weird you know why not think that way yeah yeah i mean honestly it's uh i think it, i think it it does that though because it is you're onto something i think it's something that's triggering in your brain like honestly that's how i feel like that that feeling you get i feel like it's like the truman show it's, like it's coming it's like no it's like it's coming back to you you know, that's the feeling I get when I'm when I'm looking into this stuff. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. It's in your yeah. in your DNA. Just no, I just feel like yeah, I just I feel like it's a gut thing. Like it, it all kind of comes together and it makes a lot of fucking sense. You know, a lot of it. We're pretty good at erasing yeah. stuff, you know, as a society. I, I really want to um read more about there's a book called fourteen ninety one, which is about all the indigenous uh civilization that was here right before Columbus showed up and, yeah. and the Spaniards showed up, um, but actually mapped it out to a way that, you know, like we have completely erased it, even the possibility, you know, and a mm-hmm. hundred years later, it'll just be, this is where the Native Americans lived, you know, and yeah. there won't be those mm-hmm. tribal distinctions that even we categorize now. You know, it's so easy to just have things just vanished um, yeah. and you see how, terrible atrocity but yeah like after 100 years it's like yeah. just a blip in history that our next generation goes and this happened and this happened and this happened yeah. and that's why we're here but here is just this little insignificant blip you know like yep. and then yeah like i said earlier it's like well that's just the way it is like, yeah no, it's, maybe it's not it's like that's just your story and you're this little person that has their little story you know like yeah. It's all just what we tell each other, right? And then we all are are agreed upon reality. Is what they write you down. Know? Yeah. What what yeah. we all agree makes sense, you know. Yeah. And what they Maybe think not. Yeah, exactly. And then they you know they decide what, <laughs> what is what is agreed upon in the first place, you know. I, I, I think uh I don't know. We're on the on the verge of something. <laughs> yeah. Or they say history stuff is like what I what I'm digging through, you know, like the Tartar stuff is 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 fun. Yeah. And definitely like more architectural nerd bent, uh, which I which I am uh fond of. But yeah, I'm also also like, all right, but let's get to the great reset. Like where's the details on that? I'm still looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, the re- reset in general. I mean, it, it it everything's just kind of pointing towards it, you know. It's just something, something is gonna be uh engaged. 
Uh, that's going to change everything in some fashion. Um, you know. Yeah, well, when you look, the key at like, is to reset. I mean, twenty thirty is the is the thing. You know, they want a lower population. You know, something's going to happen oh. between now and then. There you go. I'm just putting the pieces together. Yeah, there's. I mean, yeah, there's on one aspect. There's things that people want to happen, like the twenty thirty yeah. thing. There's a group of assholes that want to accomplish that. That's why Elon was blowing the whistle on the other week. And other stuff that I think may or may not happen, like is completely out of our control. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, it's definitely a weird time. There's like aliens at shopping malls and portals opening up everywhere. <laughs> you talking about Miami? Yeah, that whole thing, dude. What I the know. fuck was that about? That I'm is not... like the biggest police response that I've ever fucking seen. And then apparently it was for some teenagers with fireworks. Like, that's what a the giant. Fuck? That's I'm, a giant rabbit hole. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's oh. a psyop or whatever. I'm just saying I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of the whole thing. Right? Isn't it? Yeah. It sounds cool as fuck. It sounds like Stranger <laughs> Things. It sounds it's like an exactly episode of Stranger Things. Like. Yeah, it's like something it under like. a rock. And they're like out yeah. there with like a DVD player and it's like uh, pulsating and, and shit's like coming out of it and this dude saw like a shadow and it, it, he's totally saw like a leg and an arm like looked like it was reaching out of the fucking DVD player. There's a whole thing, dude, about this <laughs> shit all over the fucking place. There's I don't a, know, man. There's an interesting yeah. testimony from one guy who, yeah. uh, it, again, who knows if it's real, but it was pretty compelling. He said he saw this thing up close from like 20 or 30 feet away and that it was like 10 feet tall and, yeah. uh, that he was terrified and that he didn't have his phone because when you're scared, you're not thinking I'm going to take a video. You know, yeah. it was like that whole kind of story. So it was compelling on one hand, but also it could be totally thick. Yeah. But the, um, like I said, I'm just a fan of the whole thing. Oh, it's a, it's a fun story. I mean, if, like I said, it sounds like an episode of Stranger Things. So yeah, it's super entertaining. Even if it's a psyop, I want to congratulate the team yeah. that came Whoever, up with it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's just, this week's shout out goes to the team that came up with the uh, Miami uh, alien uh, psyop. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your hard work. Um, I'm still on this, the side of the fence that doesn't think we're, we have that many smart people to pull anything off like that. I know that's another good way of looking at things too. Cause sometimes you can really think yourself into a hole into thinking that you're, you know what I mean? You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, I just think the, the older we get too, just yeah. it's so obvious how fast time goes. Like when mm-hmm. I don't understand where people find the time to do all this clever thinking. Yeah. You know, like world, world domination, you know, I'm trying to get my laundry done. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. It can't be possible. Yeah. yeah. A lot of work. <laughs> I think about that when I see these. It's a lot guys. of work. Like Klaus yeah. Schwab, you know, like. Oh, Lord. Evil. Like. We're having a better time work. than he is right now, right? But w- my point being, like, he's, I think he's in his 80s. Like, man, you needed <laughs> to work that hard. Don't you want to retire and chill out, you know? Right. That's a lot of work to take over the world. Like, have a Pepsi. Yeah. Doesn't seem like that's yeah. not my dream yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man oh but yeah man. no it, it it definitely is like um there's a weird vibe in the air yeah there's i'm there's just like, wait, i'm just waiting for they, the other shoe to drop man everybody is it's like everybody literally is waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah uh, on a number of this year should be a good shoe yeah, yeah. it's yeah. gonna be a one big ass <laughs> shoe ain't it or a whole bunch oh, of little saw, shoes i saw something today on instagram i don't know how true it was but uh about how they're already planning a, another pandemic in 2025. 
Yeah, that's some fringe thing going on around, but I don't know if it's, you know, I saw I it. I just though. saw one post it like, about it today. It was like, it was like 2025 and they're calling it, um, spar us. Uh, yeah. Something sp like that. Spar spars or something. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Well, but like of, I said, I don't know. I think all this stuff makes me think about is like some of the most recent, you know, profits air quotes, like at art bell, I think was sort of like a form of a prophet. Terrence McKenna was like that too. They both talked about oh, Terrence. like art, art wrote a book called the quickening that was about time speeding up. Terrence's whole theory about 2012 was that there was going to be this uh, exponential increase in novelty within reality so that more and more novel events would occur, which is sort of like destabilizing reality Yeah, as we approach this time and that it's a cyclical thing that happens over and over. But like there's and then on the on the space weather front, you've got people pointing towards this 12,000 year cycle that's coming to a close and all all the people that are concerned with that, with things that happen over time are all kind of pointing to one event happening now-ish, you know, essentially. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it's less of like whatever they're planning. It's more of like what they can co-opt, right? Like what what can they re rejigger as like a, a, a narrative of control. And it's just like you said, there's just so many fucking things happening every day. Yeah. And we're just so plugged in to all the... I think yeah, I mean, there's catastrophe that you can just point to every, you know, like, oh, and then, yeah, spin it. I think Terrence was dialed in on that. The whole novelty theory is pretty good. Right. If you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't checked that out, search Terrence McKenna yeah. novelty theory. Everyone needs to Worth literally it. do that. That's this week's homework. Go listen <laughs> to that. Go listen to Terrence. <laughs> and anything, everything he said. <laughs> yeah, Terrence McKenna is amazing. Get lost yep. in that dude. He's a national treasure for sure. He is. Amen. Yeah, I think we well, decided. I do believe I, I am we... falling asleep and turning into a pumpkin at midnight. A pumpkin. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Oh, well, shit, boys. Well, I guess uh yeah, we, we can call it button it up. Let's button her up. Button well, thanks up, for coming on, man. Talking with us. Hell yeah. yeah. Enjoyed having you. Yeah, yeah we'd love to have you back. I may have yeah, forgotten man. we've been recording, so it's been right? a pleasure. It was good. It was good. It was good. I feel I like there was a lot of much of an asset of myself. No, no, you're that. good. There's a lot of stuff that I could have got to that I it just didn't happen. So I would love to have you back again to just go through some yeah. more stuff because there was a lot of things we didn't cover that I think uh, that you could you could shed some lights on too. So yeah, man, it's good to just have a formal excuse to jump yeah, on. Man. I need to make more yeah, time fun. to jump on voice in general <laughs> and just just chat with the community. I'm always yeah, man. Uh, yeah. finding time to to um, type in the chat, but yeah, with the yeah, popping the kids, man. Yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to understand. Find a understand corner to go man. giggle with a couple dudes. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. It's something we all battle, man. I understand completely, dude. Right. Totally I think it's totally. important. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. you know, honestly, that's a good good way to end it because that is the the power of AA was the fact that you know the group therapy is just like you're you're in a room getting getting some things off your chest, and it's yep. healthy to have those conversations with people on the regular and be like. Hey, I'm dealing with this right now, and that's normal to talk about. And I think like normalizing getting shit off your chest with other people is totally healthy and should be encouraged. And yeah, especially in the U.S. and the prudish society that we live in, you know, that's where we're fighting with cannabis uh, knowledge right now is prudishness, right? And a lot of that is mental health too, and, and masculinity, and, and uh, you know, bottling our feelings and, and 
men, sure, but I think everybody is, is guilty of not confiding enough. And in our society, we keep on, you know, closing off and siloing and, and, and everybody's expected to just, you know, handle it yourself. And I think we have less and less community. So the more we can admit that we need community and lean into each other, I think the better off we all are. So yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on as, as a non-expert and just a member of the community to shoot the shit. I think that there's a lot of uh, value there and I think that's why we're all growing together for sure. 100% dude. Nice. Dude. Thank you so much for your time, man. It was a lot of fun. Totally. Yeah. You guys have a good night. Same to you, buddy. I certainly yeah. appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could say it better myself. Have a good mm-hmm. night, dude. All right. Y'all be safe. Peace. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Crafting Cannabis. Follow us on Instagram at Crafting Cannabis Podcast or visit our website at craftingcannabispodcast.com.